Blog Talk Radio. The love received so far has been so hard. There's a few dudes to 
heaven What else in hell Can you get an open line to heaven At 11-11 Emerge at the other end Of those meditation port tools And elevated walk tools Even some abort tools Any questions, comments or concerns Press one To everyone else Thanks for attending another session I'm pleased to teach but it's an honor to learn Certainly Courtesy of KTL University Oh please don't be frightened I'm terribly sorry about this You are Radio, you are now rocking with the best. This is your host for the evening, the brother Red Pill, soon to be joined by my co-host, brother Blue Pill. All right, let's see. Okay, without any further ado, call us from the three four seven two seven three. Peace. Peace, peace, peace. Yes, sir. Peace to you and yours. Peace to you and yours. Yes, indeed. Welcome to No Less Radio. You are now rocking with the best. This is your co-host, Brother Blue Pill, reporting live and direct from I'm in these streets. I'm in these streets, bro. Yeah, we can tell. No doubt. I'm here. No yeah. I'm in Inglewood, no. California. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I'm here oh, you in Inglewood, sunny Cali. Yeah. I got my setup outside. I'm actually vending, you know, meeting the community, introducing them to the product. You know, like I said, reminding the family we're on different time zones. So this is literally the middle of the day. You know what I'm saying? People are just getting home from work, picking their children up, coming out to Market Street to do some shopping. I'm here at uh, Mama Sunshine Treasure. You know what I mean? Planes flying above, going to LAX. We're in the elements. Tell me this is organic, family. Shout out to y'all. Welcome back. We're in the building. Say that again. Hello? Yeah, what you saying now? Oh, my phone was breaking up or something? Nah, nah. I had a little phone problem on my end. Okay. Yeah, I said we back in the building. Oh, yes, sir. Peace to the family. Uh, you know, we're back to normality. You know what I mean? It, 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 was, it was very abnormal uh, not being here every Tuesday and Friday. So I know how I felt. I could imagine how the family was feeling, but, you know, we're back. Yeah. Yes, indeed. You know, we 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 definitely back, back like we left something. You know what I'm saying? Back with a vengeance. We took a necessary break. Uh, not too much of a vacation, family. We was definitely putting in work on behalf of the family, reinvigorating, re-energizing, and restructuring this Nebuchadnezzar, this spaceship. You know what I mean? I would say that a lot has happened, but then again, on the same note, I could say that not much has happened since the hiatus, you know. 
the field you goal clarify player. what you mean by that. That, that, that. Yeah, that sounds kind of bug. You know what I'm saying? There's been a lot of activity for you to say that. You know what I mean? I, I would need you to clarify that. Well, you know, I mean, things have happened. I mean, the, the, the sun has risen and the, the moon popped out. I mean, the earth's been spinning. You know, things naturally are going to happen. What I'm saying, <laughs> summarize it all is, Nothing monumental, you know what I mean, has occurred ever since we took our hiatus. It's basically back to business, you know what I mean? You know, well, a few yeah. rumbling. Perception, in the, Perception in the, is in the eye of the beholder. So, that you know, I, in your world, if that's what took place, I can't say that it didn't. You know, I saw some things in my world, so I'm definitely excited about that. You know, I had the opportunity to witness some things that... um are able to become footnotes in the, uh, you know, the, the the mental memory of man. No doubt, no doubt. No doubt. You know, we'll um, talk about a few of them maybe later, but definitely, you know, on later episodes, uh, yeah. Yes, sir. Indeed. Well, first and foremost, I, you know, wish that everybody, you know, um, that is joining us tonight on the program and listening to the show in the archive, you know, I, I send y'all love and light, you know what I mean? Hopefully everybody is returning and joining us, you know, in full health, you know what I mean, uh, spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, you know what I mean? I always like to send that out to the family because I do know that there are a lot of things, you know, Back to what we were saying earlier, there are things that happen in each one of our personal lives that affect us, things, you know, some of us um, have losses and things of that nature. I want to send a, a, um, a condolence out to uh, brother, the young brother Crime, you know what I'm saying, uh, brother Rashid's younger brother who lost his, uh, his, his umi, you know what I'm saying, I want to give light to him, you know what I mean, I want to give... Yeah, I want to give condolences. There have been a few people, you know, at, while I'm on social networks that I've seen have uh, expressed losses and things of that nature. So I definitely want to send them love and light. Um, yes. You know, but, but, you know, everything, like if I did miss anything, you know what I mean, that, that happened that I really need to talk about, that's what we got the chat room for. I'm sure the family in the chat will let us know about it. But, uh, other than that, know about it. Yeah, other than that, we we definitely are back. Tonight is going to be a very special night. You know what I'm saying? I'm very uh, proud of our guest. You know what I mean? And his movement and what he's doing and what he contributes to the overall conversation. You know what I mean? Um, you know, and I'm definitely honored to help the brother and be a part of his movement, you know what I'm saying? And that brother that we're talking about is one of our former guests, the brother Gaynor Grills. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Indeed. Uh, yeah. The last time I saw the brother was in New York when he did uh, three, I think it was a three-week or a four-week, yeah, it was a three-week class that he put on. His last class was on Memorial Day when they had the event going on in Brooklyn at BAM, he had a he had a um a class down the block at what's the name of that spot? 
Well, now Cleopatra. it's called Cafe uh, Cleopatra. Yeah, they renamed it Cafe Coda. Yeah, Cafe Coda. You know what I mean? Four four he was four Atlantic Avenue. Four four four, and he That's packed a joint. You know what I mean? He had a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful audience. I want to give a shout out to everybody that was in attendance. All of those light beings. You know what I'm saying? All of those spiritual beings that showed up. Brother, keep some light uh, around them. He keeps some real bright light around him. And, um, you know, I'm very excited for just to hear about what he has coming up in the near future. I don't even know what's going on, but I'm sure that I'm going to find out tonight. So salute to him. You know what I mean? Salute to everybody that was putting on lectures and doing their thing. I know that Nick Yama and Brother Polite did something in Nick Yama, they did something in the in the NYC in New York, huh? The yeah, they did something in the town. In the town, the town yeah, is on the radar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Shout out to New York. I don't hear a lot from y'all lately, like you know. Oh yeah, town is kind of quiet. So, shout out shout to, out New, to York. New York. You know, a lot of rumbling going on. You know, in New York these days, on all levels, you know, saying things that, uh, oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Concrete kind of got sick up in NY. You know what I'm saying? Why? The city experienced a joke, like the train, uh, a, a city, a city sized train jumped the tracks or something like that. You know what I mean? You would swear mm-hmm. that a skyscraper got knocked down and shit in the town. You know, we all referencing to uh. That paradigm shifting, that paradigm shifting verse by Kendrick Lamar. Now, very quickly, I'm not going to spend too much time on this because there will be a more intense expose into that particular event that we do later. And these are for the pundits, the people that are concerned with other people's business. Like, why are you spending time on that? I don't got nothing with freeing the people. Listen, if you ain't figured this shit out by now, I am going to, uh, you know, enlighten you about something. Hip-hop rules the world, okay? So we'll and, by proxy, and by proxy, as we brought to you in, in, in Blueprint 322, by proxy, if it has control of the minds and the souls and the attention and the energy, okay, of melanated beings, first and foremost, but then the global family secondhand, then it reverberates on different levels and through different dimensions. You know, hip-hop is truly galactical, and it has that much of an impression on the minds and the souls of our people. Single-handedly, a three-minute verse has more people excited, talking, connected, more commentary being generated about more wheels a young man. Yeah, about, you know, a verse. Like a, some words, like how the earth was created with the utterance of words. Like you would think that this nigga stopped the earth and started spinning it again. I swore President Obama was going to make a Friday afternoon address about this shit. <laughs> That's how trending it is. And I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't miss the opportunity to have his part and come out with a free spout. Okay? But... <laughs> I myself, because of my 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 
my focus on hip hop, and I'm not. I'm very unapologetic about it. You know what I'm saying? There are other matters in my life that hold much more importance, but hip hop is very important as well because I happen to uh, have an affinity towards it by way of the Law 44, something that's very near and dear to my heart. You know what I'm saying? And I have to be a vocal piece for that. So when I notice 44 connections running out and about through the story and a continuation of a meme that I've spoken on often, especially this year, and that being the Jupiter and Gemini Association, you know, this is just another thread of that particular story. So I'm compiling... Uh, An epic article You know what I'm saying A monumental piece of literary artwork Dealing with not only this particular situation By way of Kendrick But why Why exactly It has such a phenomenal impact Not only on hip hop But on the consciousness Of the people Of the planet For that particular part You know And I know Some people that are parents That might not have the internet This might sound like crazy to them. They don't know what we're talking about, and it probably holds no place in them for people that don't have a care in their heart about hip-hop or the way that it moves the world and removes people. This might sound crazy to them as well. But I'm going to go just a little bit deeper and, and go a little bit further, you know what I'm saying? And I'm going to say that uh, with this particular article, we're going to do what someone has never done, and that is supply and analyze a natal chart for hip-hop, okay? If hip-hop is a being and an entity, reportedly, if she just experienced her 40th birthday a day before this particular quote-unquote seismic shift, right, or this return to the golden age in the month of gold, AU for August, right, following me, all right, by a Gemini, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If all of those things have lined up and took place, if hip-hop has a birth date and it has a birth chart, we're going to be delving into that. This is a notice to all of you niggas that might run with this idea <laughs> and try to get your emergency Saturday shows or whatever, kicking and cracking. Don't even try it. Rob Cool the Cosmo Crack and Blue Pill, we coming with the illness. The illness. You know what I'm saying? Expose of the metaphysics of this hip-hop thing, all right? You know what I'm saying? For once and for all, we are going to make sense of it, all of it, so people can stop being so emotional and judgmental. Now, we probably can't save you from the emotion because that's part of this whole water triune that's happening at this particular time, you know, and hip-hop is just rooted in that particular thing. But hip-hop has a story to tell. Hip-hop is a story. Hip-hop... Is a path, a divination path, like I've been saying, is where man becomes God. But you have to become disciplined to become that. So there's a challenge involved as well. There's a test taking place. And we just want to show you what the particular rules to this particular game is and lay out what exactly is taking place so you can find your place in it and play your part. All right? So that's going to be coming real, real soon. Um, I'll put the flyer out for the article maybe in a day or two, you know what I'm saying? It all depends, you know, on what type of time I'm working with. But it's epic. I might have to break it into four parts. You know, if I had time, I would start reading some of it on a on a phone tonight. This shit is profound, B. This shit is profound, but we're definitely going to dive into it. 
like I said, man, and and I'm a I'm a firm knower, not a believer. I know based on you know me bearing witness time and time and time and time and time again. You know, the numbers don't lie, and when we talk in numbers, we're making reference to the the planetary concordance. You know, those degrees that those planets lock in at, and how they translate in terms of energetic influences on this planet because everything is energy, everything is being affected, everything is being moved. These people are just actors playing out a, a, a role, the role of their lifetime. You know what I'm saying? And it's a beautiful, beautiful story. The poetry in this shit is just so marvelous, man. So I'm just honored. I'm honored, you know what I'm saying, to have the optic nerve to pick up on it and be blessed with these gifts from Jehudi where I can scribe it and put it in such poetic prose and just show you where this thing is at. It's a beautiful, beautiful story, man. And I, I think that if we get more into the beauty of it, we will be detached from the emotion of it and what people consider the ratchetness of it, you know, or the things that might throw them off. Because there's elements of it that you're not going to like. It don't taste good. But there's a reason why. Everything has a reason. If we could overstand that, then we could step back and stop being so emotional. No. Dutifully said. Yes, sir. So, first and foremost, um, with that being said, I want to give a shout out that to uh, Soul Messiah, the brother Soul Messiah, and our sister. You know what I mean, Sarah, uh, a phenomenal sister. You know what I'm saying, a phenomenal yes. artist. You know what I'm saying, uh, an artist uh, who. Never ceases amazed me with the with the level of talent that she possesses. Yes. You know, and you know and why I wanna share is, that. Right. Why is No the Less Radio so important? Yeah, no, I'm 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 feeling myself. I'm still feeling myself as an extension. I didn't stop when we took a break. It's even more so now. We and Leo, goddammit. My ego is ah Why <laughs> is this platform so important? The catalog, okay, and the Akashic memory of time, exactly what take to what took place. You know, we have to rewrite history as it's taking place because they're trying to write their own story. So the blogs and people on Facebook got the nerve. Facebook had the nerve to be like, Joel Ortiz was the first one in response. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Okay, Sarah was the first one to respond. Okay. The mother came back with the response first. It's timestamps, it's catalogs, it's on a social network. I, I can give two shits if his got released on a blog. It got released to the social networks. So she got the first foot in, she got the first shade, all right? You cannot have this conversation and, and without putting her verse in there. You know what I'm saying? And, and this particular conversation is not one that's only relegated to New York rappers. This is about elevating the consciousness of hip-hop, and that's ultimately what hip-hop is about, according to its birth chart. It's going through something that's so monumental at this time. For her to turn 40, okay, and for the response, first response to be a female, right in the path, okay, and, and what will be the evolution of hip-hop, it won't go backwards at this point, but it's going to become very aggressive. You dig what I'm saying? going to become very aggressive. All right? Yeah. So with that being sure. said, 
Let the lioness loose. Burr. Here you go, Early. family. Got that control freestyle. Sal Rock, Kendrick, and Lex. We'll be right back. God, stand up. This is God, hot, 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 I look up. Sabrock, the first mothers in the building. Got the Moorish warlords behind me. Katana swords on deck. Iron, shop and iron. Ladies and gentlemen, now for my darkest hour Devoured the dopest rappers and roasted remains in the fire Cannibalizing rhymes with sharpened canines and tatters Yeah, I'm supposed to be vegan, but catching prey is too easy When every empty's exposed like a flesh wound with some first bleeding And I'm after souls like exorcist versus demon I am only God's body trying to civilize the heathen Busting quadratic formulas and words do not appease me I'm resuscitating, suffocating verbiage from your species Take this beating, then retreat back to the booth and try and redeem Your entire catalog in 20 so far I'm leading I'm your whole world Your old earth And y'all are just my seedling My verses form your universe And personal religion So bow down with five rounds Of our father's Hail Marys Then confess your sins Of spit holy water Hail lyrics Like weak lines Cliches Bad puns And spell errors I'm the rat Everson All my shit got clearance Supreme math The twelve jewels And all my shit from clearance Toe to toe I do see dope You weak MCs Like I'm the C The story will P And we gon' see Who be with no ID Inside the VIP After these I'm I'm asking bees with asking heat, 120 degrees. Quiet on the set when I'm in beast mode. Which one do you breathe? I'm starseed, half human, all amazing. Atomic bond and watch the fallout of faulty campaigning. Price of your soul is marketed, bought for the highest payment. I do it cause I'm ordained to. You do it so you'll be famous. Came in and F the game of no wiki. Me look my name up, just picture me without victory. Hit me after epiphany. I wait. Like Elijah without the nation, Tucson without the Haitians, Starbuck without the winners, like Pyramid without the apex. Dopest vocalist with Belovian's ovaries, hell, you sons of my uterus. I'm the reason you're doing this, strengthen your lyrical cords with my umbilical cord. Created you and now you don't held the lyrical cord. I lint your heart and sever your ventricle pause. Watch you bleed as I proceed to destroy your integral parts. And then you fall to your knees and plead for reprieve. But I cannot leave until the mic is redeemed. An extension of me like final column told up nerve and dings, the brain of the game like Mensa, you mentally sleeping I'll take you so deep in the black hole where light bend, I'll open your pineal gland so black spews like ink pen got you at the triple stage, on the staple stage in the state of age, how you claiming best, but I ain't ripped the page yet studied under masses, you ain't hardly came of age yet, call you top dog, nobody I'm Anubis, I look after your after like after I murder your music, you hard but I'm harder, like crystal to diamond, like push to a lion, you wish you had never spoke now they sick me behind you, now tell me who really Ruling and pass me the effing title You should've kept an eye like it used to get toughest rival I'm counting and chopping heads off your metaphorical bodies String them around my neck like reminders of how I body these One little, two little, three little gentlemen Now lay down and pray now The crown goes to the feminine for my alias, aliens in respond Peddling sin, thinking maybe when you get old you realize I'm not gonna fold the demise I don't smoke crack, motherfucker, I'll sell it. Bitch, everything I rap is a quarter piece to your melon. So if you have a relapse, just relax and pop in my fist. Don't you pop me the fucking pill, I'ma pop you, then give you this. Hell, flex and drop a bomb on this shit. So many bombs win the alarm like Vietnam on this shit. So many bombs make Farrakhan think that's a dime in this bitch. One at a time, I line them up and bomb on their mom when she watching the kids. I'm in a destruction mode if the gold exists. I'm in Poland like the Pope. I'm a Muslim on poke. I'm Machiavelli's offspring. I'm the king. 
king of New York, king of the coast. One hand, I juggle them both. The juggernaut's all in your juggler, you take me for jokes. Live in the basement, church pews and funeral faces. Cardio bracelet for my women friends, I'm in Vegas. Who the fuck y'all thought it's supposed to be? If Phil Jackson came back, still no coaching me. I'm uncoachable, I'm unsociable. Fuck y'all clubs, fuck y'all bitches. Your Instagram can gobble these nuts. Gobble a hiccup till you hiccup, my big homie corrupt. This the same flow that put the rap game on the crutch. I seen niggas transform like villain Decepticons. Molly's probably turn these niggas to fucking Lindsay Lohan. A bunch of rich ass white girls looking for parties. Playing with Barbies, wreck the Porsche before you give them the car key. Judgment to the monarchy. Blessings to Paul McCartney. You call me a black beetle, I'm either that or a Marley. I'm dressed in all black, this is not for the fan of velvet. I'm aiming straight for your pelvis. You can't stomach me, you plan on stumping me, bitch. I've been jumping for you, put a gun on me, bitch. I put one on yours, I'm shining kind of reach. James Bonnet with none of you niggas climbing 100 mil in front of me. And I'm gonna get it even if you're in the way. And if you're in it, better run for peace's sake. I heard the barbershop being great debates all the time about who's the best MC, Kendrick Jigger and Nas. Eminem, Andre 3000, the rest of y'all. New niggas, chef, new niggas, don't get involved. And I ain't rocking no more designer shit. White tees and Nike Cortez, this red Corvette's anonymous. I'm usually homeboys with the same niggas I'm rhyming with. But this is hip hop, and them niggas should know what time it is. And that goes for Jermaine Cole, Big Crit Wale. Pusha T, Meek Mills, ASAP Rocky, Drake, Big Sean, Jay Electron, Tyler McMiller. I got love for you all, but I'm trying to murder you niggas. Trying to make sure your core fans never heard of you niggas. They don't want to hear not one more now, no verb from you niggas. What is competition? I'm trying to raise the bar high. Who's trying to jump and get it? You're a better off trying to skydive out the exit window with five G5s with five grand with your granddad. It's the pilot. He drunk as fuck trying to land with a handful of author riders and popping prosthetic leg bumping pock in the cockpit. So the shit that pop in his head is the option of violence Someone heard the steward and said that your parachute is a latex condom up to a dread West Coast You can check my name on the book I earth when the fire diverse the rains on the hook The legend of Dorothy Flowers proclaimed from the roof The tale of a magnificent king who came from the nooks of the wild magnolia Mother of many soldiers We live by every single word she ever told us Watch over your shoulders And keep a tender beans for when the weather turn to coldest The Lord is our shepherd so our cup runneth over Put your trust in the Lord but tether your Chevy Nova I'm spitting this shit for closure And God is my witness so you can get it from over To all you magicians that fit with the cobra. I'm solid as a rock, cause I came from a rock. That's why I came with the rock to sign my name on the rock. Draw a line around the earth and put my name on the plot. Cause I endured a lot of pain for everything that I got. The eyelashes like umbrellas when it rained from the heart. And the tissue was like an angel kissing you in the dark. You go from blind sight to hindsight. Passion of the Christ right to basking in the limelight. It takes time to get your mind right. J Electricity, PBS Mysteries. In the lofty place, tangling with Satan over history. You can't Say shit to me, a hum do the law. It's strictly by faith that we made it this far.
sir, and yes, ma'am. There you have it. Uh, that's Control Freestyle, Cyrock, Kendrick Lamar, Jay Electronica, okay. That freestyle right there, shaking the world up. Once again, monumental shout-out to Cyrock. She is definitely, uh, she's just, you know, she's on her A game, man. Like, I wish to, I, I, I just, I want to see the best. I want to see the best happen for her. It's almost a crime, in my humble opinion, that the industry or millions of people are not exposed to this sister at this point. I'm really trying to wrap my mind around why is that? Like, you know, what's 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 missing? What's missing inside of the conscious community? What links don't we have that we can't get this uh, sister heard on the radio or spun by these name brand DJs or even put on hip-hop blogs? What's going on? I really don't get it. Like, is, is there a blackballing going on or something? But, you know, fret not. I'm sure that uh, that will be in the near future. You know, I'm going to meditate on it. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do a ritual. We're going to talk to Gano about how we could make certain things like that happen. You know what I mean? Because that's definitely one of my uh, – that, that's on my bucket list. I won't be comfortable until the world – hears and sees this phenomenon right here, all right? So let me go ahead. Time has come for us to open up the floor for our guest tonight. And while I'm doing this, family, I only ask that you do this for us. Go ahead and um, update your Facebook page or put out a Twitter blast or even Instagram uh, the show onto your phone and let the family know that we're broadcasting tonight. We're back in the building. A lot of people may not have no, they may have no idea that we are actually uh, broadcasting tonight because of the hiatus. But let them know, know the ledge is definitely in the building and it's going down, okay? So, here we go. Know the ledge radio presents another epic presentation featuring our brother, Actor extraordinaire Gano Grill. Tonight we will not only pull back the curtain and go behind the veil, but we will give you a definitive description of what the veil is. How do we get to the divine world? Who are the beings that run the show behind the veil? Gano Grills is prepared to name names like Kendrick did this past week. Is spiritual, is spiritual endowment free? Do we understand the laws of reciprocity? What are the costs incurred to gain the higher realms of spiritual enlightenment? Do the best things beyond life come with a price? Is there a poverty gene, and how do we expel it from our fields? Tune in. We are back off of our hiatus. Join us for this epic presentation. This is a precursor to an epic event Gaino will be presenting on September 14th in New York. More info can be obtained at www.galacticus.com or galacticus.com. And that is spelled G as in George, A as in Apple, L as in Larry, I as in Italy, G is in Gary, H is in Harry, T is in Tower, another I is in Italy, 
as in curve, U as in unicorn, and S as in scripture.com. All right? Don't judge me. And without any further ado, we are going to open up my co-host phone, Brother Blue Pill 347-273. Peace. Yes, sir. I'm back with you, Brother Peace. All right, all right. And are we looking for a 212 or a 225? You're looking for a 212. All right. So without any further ado, call us from the 212. Welcome to Know the Ledge Radio and peace. Peace, Kings. How you doing? Hey. All is well. We're doing better now. Peace to you, God. That's what's up, man. Give thanks. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Real quick, I have to just say this. It's Gano. Gano Grills. Um, oh, Gano like ammo, so just want to get that straightened out. And and thank you for the um for the introduction, my brother. How y'all been, man? All is well since the last time we've seen you. Um, you know we've been here maintaining, doing what we do. Uh, you know, cap uh, staring the Nebuchadnezzar through the information highway. And you know we here, we here, we highly blessed. You know what I'm saying? All is well. I'm out here yes, in Texas indeed. right now. I meant to say that. I meant to share that with the family. Um, I'm out here in Houston, Texas. As a matter of fact, we are preparing for some um, events to take place. I actually am preparing for the birth of my first daughter, and um, I'm very excited about that. And Brother Blue Pill is on the West Coast in Cali, you know what I'm saying, shaking up that grid. They may be even responsible for what Kendra did, him and A.A.R.C. I'm, I'm still doing the knowledge. <laughs> no? Yeah, we were talking how, about how, that last, how, how last night, you know, um, with, with Steph Lover. She has a show, and um, you know, they were talking about that stuff with Kendrick Lamar and stuff, a lot Steph. of uh, – a lot of ripples out there. Yeah, shout out Steph Lover and um and Jennifer Ray. They were going in on um back and forth on that. But um I wasn't aware of it because I just wasn't tuned in, but you know, I I see that a lot of people are talking about that. Very interesting. Yeah, shout out to everybody who has something to talk about when it comes to that because, you know, one thing that I do enjoy is conversation. You know, they say that Communicate, the lack of communication is a, a, one of the main issues that our people have. So just to see the, the conversations that have been sparked like wildfires, you know what I mean, and to see the wheels are turning in people's heads and whatnot, I mean, that in itself is interesting to me, you know. So for what it's worth, you know. It it, it kind of like it caused an automatic retrospective and the fact that it was forcefully done, nobody took time and pretty much acknowledged the fact that hip-hop purportedly turned 40, okay, because there's a discrepancy between the dates. I'm going to be dealing with that in my article because that's part of the narrative as well. But nonetheless, you know, as it is, as it is, um, you know, recognized throughout the community and the culture, an event took place last weekend. There was acknowledging that date. Um Again, there's two purported originators of it, and, you know, people more so lean towards who hurts account of it, and there's some lean towards Ben Bodders, all right? So, nonetheless, you know, nobody really paused and, and, and 
had any sort of conversation about, you know, an anthology of works that has been done in these 40 years. Because they say when a man turns 40, he becomes wise. Now, if we're using man as a euphemism for mankind or a thing or a being, you know, and we know that we refer to hip-hop as a woman, you know, she's still part of that family of man. So if hip-hop has turned 40, okay, and now has become wise, then what? What does that mean? What does that mean to the family who uses that as, you know, the cup from which they drink and the bowl from which they eat? You know what I'm saying? They use it to frame their entire reality. My question is, how can you be wise if you have no knowledge of a thing? And my thing is, how can you have knowledge of hip-hop if you don't know its birth chart? Because everything with a birth chart or a nail chart has a designation on this particular planet to play out a specific role. Hip-hop, is a, is, there's a meaning behind hip-hop. There's a purpose behind hip-hop. And that can be found in when it came to this planet. Okay, when it or, or was originated on this particular planet, there's sort of all sorts of energies that came along with that. So if, if the role that it came to play in the occupants or those of the, the, that are participants in it that have plugged into it as their power source, they're on that roller coaster as well. When I have to say that that, that, that particular role is playing out, that story, that narrative, but we have to do the knowledge to it. And that's what I'm putting together with this article to Brother Raku. Once and for all, we're going to do the knowledge to hip-hop so we can say we know with the mandate, with the assignment, you know what I'm saying, what all of this is, and then we could be wise of it and we can come into this whole aspect of it being and representing wisdom. And I think that that would benefit the populace, the body of people that plug into it for its energy source as well. They ultimately will become wiser from this conversation because I was able to learn a few things since this thing popped off on Monday just by doing research. It brought me to the well of information that I was able to drink and get drunk from. Well, I'm like, wow, this is very flipping interesting. And it's super metaphysical. And without metaphysics, without lifting the hood and looking under the hood of hip-hop or lifting her skirt, we don't know what we we would know what we're looking at. Wouldn't know what you're looking at. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> there's duality, so you can lift the skirt and see something real weird and not understand what you're looking at. <laughs> I yeah, want you know, why that's why it's important to understand. Um, you know, a lot a lot of people are on different levels of consciousness. And, and and I I always have been a proponent for consciousness expansion. Um, a yeah. lot of people, I mean, this is what I remember when I was in school, grade school even. I always was heartbroken when I saw that somebody was getting left back. You know what I mean? Like in the fifth grade, I remember there was this um, Yugoslavian guy named Agin. And I remember that he was always, um, you know, he had certain issues that, uh, prohibited him from having regular attendance, and because of that, he got left back, and we all felt really sorry for him. And we went on, and you know, I, I believe he got left back twice. I'm not sure if he graduated, but the point is, um, when we continue not to evolve, we're basically making a cognitive choice to leave ourselves back in 
an archaic, antiquated school of thought that's not allowing us to advance. And when you stay stuck, you're basically committing suicide by proxy, by making a, a willful decision not to keep going and not to keep growing. There's something intrinsic and inherent in everybody on the planet that is pushing you to move forward, not in just your um, your job, but sometimes people are pushed outside of their comfort level to leave their job that they've worked for so right. long to do something that they're passionate about. But here's my point, and here's how I um, relegate it yeah. to what you're talking about. You know, there's, and this is why I'm so glad that you proposed that, you know, hip-hop having a natal chart because there are cosmological reasons why things are happening just the way they're happening. Absolutely. And may I please, may I please bring a proposition to the table? I was just talking to Melly Mel the other day on the phone from Grandmaster Flash and the Fury Spot, Grandmaster Melly Mel. And you... How would you feel about doing a show with Melly Mel, Kumo D, and let's say Stevie D from the Force MCs because he comes from a different – they come from a different angle of hip-hop, and that would be a crazy That's my show, dude. just honoring hip-hop. I met, his brother, I met Stevie D's brother the other day up in the Bronx at Sunkofa Cafe. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, mm-hmm. that family right there, they gave me so much history as well. All right, I'll be here for you, Okay. Hold on one second. That is for the vanilla. Okay. And the new one I got, the green one is pink. Oh. All right. Okay. You here. Okay. Take care now. Take care. All right. Yes. Yeah, that would be a, a mind. I didn't want to do the show that I wanted to do in hip-hop. I'm going to need I'm gonna need those, those the family in attendance because one thing that I found out doing the research, there is almost no credible information it coincides on the internet. Everyone has a different story. All of the dates are different. Okay, so the timeline to hip hop is super, super convoluted. It has to be rewritten. This is a this, phenomenon this, that this, we are all affected is, by. But yet, in our lifetime, why I say we know Mel. none of this history. We ain't talking about Jesus and the prophets. Okay, we're talking about hip hop. It's forty years old. Okay, even if you want to say it's 39 and go with Bam's timeline, or shorter or longer, if you want to even go further back and go to James Brown, if you want to go further back and go to Fast Domino and them, go to Scatton. However far, people people swinging it to Muhammad Ali, however far you want to go, those people are still alive. That's not outside of, you know, our reference point. So for us, for the family... We got to get the story right. We got to get this together. We obviously see this is a global dynamic force. And like I said, Brother Gano, I said if it has the ramifications that it does amongst the populace, amongst the youth, the generations that will propel us into the future, as well as us who are propelling the past into the present, as well as the future, we're going to be 80-something, 90 years old, still hip-hop. It can't be bleached out of us. Nothing you can do. You feel me? Brother, they got you on the internet as the dude that created the Wu Tang logo, man. Yeah. Well, let, let me say that. Whether I that's did true not, or not. Hold on. Hold yeah. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. And I have to put this out there. I did not create the Wu Tang symbol, the God Mathematics created that. 
he's the DJ Wu-Tang, and he was down with them from the beginning. I did a lot of artwork for Wu-Tang, and, you know, I'm part of Wu-Tang. I am Wu-Tang, but that, that's, that has to go to, to mathematics. So, right. you know, I played my role in it, but, yeah, and, I, and I'm part of I, I've seen a lot your of graph work, brother. Yeah, you are, you're mm-hmm. part of a lot of things. You're part of hip-hop Hollywood. You understand? All of these things that we're talking about, we are entrenched in, 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 in the birth juices of hip-hop but yet we know nothing about her. We can't honor her and give her a proper celebration, a proper birthday. You feel me? And yet we wonder why she's so mistreated. No one standing next to each other has the same story pertaining to her. We're going to correct that. Please do help us put that show together. Well, one one of the reasons, and, and I will definitely do that, um, one of the reasons that, that, that I brought Melly Mel up is because we um, – put together a documentary about the foursome C's and we had to interview Cold Crush and so many of the pioneers of hip hop. But one thing that really stood out in my mind about Grandmaster Melly Mel, the brother is like, I'm not going to put his age out there, but his, his memory is crystal clear. He blew me out of the frame with how clear he was about remembering things from the very beginning of of this, and you know wow. he was very fresh um and lyrical about it, and you know if you listen to his rhymes from back then, he was way ahead of light years ahead him and Kumo D, as a matter of fact, but especially Melly Mel. his his rhyme scheme was and his syncopation was so far advanced, took people years to catch up to what he was doing, but he had already mastered <laughs> his voice his rhyme syncopation and his writing at an early age. And a lot of people hadn't even, a lot of people never got there, but he would be very valuable because he has a lot of, you know, he has authentic dates and facts about hip hop that probably he, have not been, you know, talked is. about before as does Kumo D. You know, they, they're very fresh in their brains. Brother, I would be honored. That would be the show of shows. You feel me? Yes, so, sir. We need to even go no further. I'm going to do what I have to do on my part in terms of finalizing this treatise that I'm putting together, you know, this magnum opus. And we get those brothers in the building, and we do this thing funky, funky, fresh. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So what I was saying is that for for hip-hop having the effects on on the populace, on the people, on the majority of the planet, you know, on the melanated beings of this planet and dispersing outwards everyone else with with a with a pulse. Those reverberations have ramifications on a subatomic level, right? All the way into our universe, stretching into dimensions and our outerverse. Because if hip hop runs the globe or it's a frequency you know, it pretty much moves consciousness is responsible for either raising awareness or lowering it, then it has some sort of correspondence, you know, on different realms as well. What would you have to say about that? I agree Especially with you. I think when, when we take that... into account the, the, the subtle energy, you know, the fact that sound travels, and we know about sound, you know what I'm saying, let alone thought. Well, 
sound is how is what created the universe you know the big bang some people say it's you know the, a particular being that said be and so it was but it is a fact that octaves of sound frequencies of sound create movement and it um, brings into existence things that previously weren't so just with hip-hop dealing with certain octaves and tones and pitches it's going to create something else the the thing is that i think there's a responsibility with that creation though because if you take the if you take the fire which in and of itself is not a negative thing but depending on what you do with the fire is what makes it that it's the same thing with the the creatrix of of hip hop and when people uh i guess bastardize the energy that um that hip hop is created from that brings about the ramifications that you're talking about or the repercussions and the negative things and that that's the thing I really can't stand to see personally um but there's a responsibility that comes with anything that is creative, you know what I mean, and it could go either right. either way you know? either way right mhm. But it is a very, it's a powerful creation, and it obviously is making a lot of people really rich. A lot of people are benefiting off of the, you know, the creation of it. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people that that had a hand in the the early groundwork of it and laid the foundation for it that are not reaping the benefits of that. And that's another thing that's, you know, that isn't fair in my opinion. But you know, um, hopefully that will be rectified at some point, you know? No doubt. So with that being said, brother, I do want you to, uh, you know, segue into tonight's presentation and what you brought forward in terms of your offering. Okay. Well, one of the things, you know, and we we spoke earlier, and by the way, um, Mamie is going to call in at 1030, Okay, she's going to be calling um, from the 480 area code, so she's going to rock for an hour with us, so I just want to be mindful of that, okay? Gotcha, bro. All right. So basically, did you hear that? I just want to make sure that... Yeah, I'm here. What's up? Okay, we're, we're going to have a uh, another caller calling in around 1030 from the 480 area code. Please be on the lookout for that. Thank you, brother. Yes, sir. Okay. So where, where where did you want to start, though, Blue? Because we spoke about a few things earlier, and, you know, where, where did you want to begin from? Well, first and foremost, you know, we have titled the program um, Divine World. Now, Red Pill, did you read the description of tonight's episode? Yes, I, I did. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, so I, I don't know if... Yeah, I don't know if you want to start uh, your dissertation based on how we've lined up the description. Mm-hmm. You can do that. Because, you know, okay. I, I pretty much wrote that as a synopsis of our conversation. Right. So it, it would spiral beautifully if you, uh, you know, just followed that pattern. Right. Well, the, okay, Divine World is a seminar that myself and my partner, Mamie Wheeler, put together at the um at the you know we were asked to do that from the divine world. So what we did was and we're still putting together 
as we go into meditation, as we go deep into um, the tapestry of the divine and pulling out different things that are going to allow people to evolve. The description of the actual um, seminar is this. The purpose of this seminar is to reintroduce participants to divine information recorded in the Akashic Book of Records, the Book of Life. All things past, present, and future are recorded in the Book of Life. The seminar will reintroduce you to your divine history and connections. We will discuss lineage, ancestors, deities, spirit guides, angels, and much more. These spirit beings watch over humanity, guiding our lives and growth, and can be accessed to perform miracles and transform your life. Tools will be introduced to do this. The first people that do register to this seminar will receive a free 15-minute Akashic Record Reading Introduction, and that will not be repeated. We'll be doing the seminar um, around the world, but New York is the first place we're going to do it, and we'll do it in L.A. and other places. So with that being said, um, I like to reference Wendy Williams. Wendy Williams has been saying this for years. You know, She says that uh, I like Oprah Winfrey. She's a friend in my head. A lot of people fantasize about um, having Barack Obama on speed dial or being a, or thinking about, you know, what if I had, you know, Beyonce as a friend and I could call her up and ask for X, Y, and Z. A lot of people do that secretly. Um, there are a lot of powerful people on the planet, powerful people that are employing hundreds of people. Let's say Tyler Perry for an example. He's someone that is producing a lot of work. Lee Daniels is another one that's producing a lot of work and feeding a lot of families. That's a person of power, right? So these people that are dialed in or plugged into the um, the current of creation, they are pulling out of creation things for the enjoyment and uh, edutainment of anyone who is within that frequency. But what's behind those people, where they get the energy from, are from other beings that most humans do not know. What do I mean when I say that? There are beings that are not in human form whose function and obligation and job it is to supply certain people on this earth with the magnetism, the bumption, the power, and the vision to um, perpetuate and supply the earth with all of the things that are octaves of light, like music, certain movies where people are going to get um, their consciousness expanded. Sophia Stewart being one of them, and we'll get back to that in a minute. Please remind me of that, the whole Matrix thing, because the last show that you had, the Brother Hakeem Bey went in on that, and I heard a little bit of the show, and there were some things that I wanted to kind of touch upon that are um, that will conjunct what we're talking about this evening, all right? Um, so these beings um, are not just angelic beings or creator gods. A lot of them are elementals, elemental spirits and ascended masters who have been um, in creation since before this reality was created. And when you petition to these beings for their help, or you invocate them. One of the one of the um, one of the laws of the universe that the Creator of all things put into place is that 
being that we are in this reality here and Hakeem Bey basically said it's the matrix or a hologram or a game, people have different uh, ways to describe it. Some people say it's a dream, it's an illusion. Um, there are ways to awaken or reintroduce yourself to that um, reality that you are actually in something that is artificial. My my quest and my mission is to help people to wake up. Some people call themselves a way shower or a light worker. There are we were not supposed to be entrenched in the mud, which is where we are for this long um, period. So there comes a time where we have to get out of the, the darkness that we're in and come into the light and evolve. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people that don't listen to the inner prompting, the inner promptings that, they, that we all have that are pushing them to evolve their consciousness and try to get a, an understanding of what these things mean. Um, these people are basically walking around with their eyes wide shut. So the seminar is going to be September the, Saturday, September the 14th, and uh, it's going to be at the LaGuardia Marriott in Queens. And the information for it is on the website, galacticus.com. You spelled it out earlier. Um, and that's basically what the seminar is about. So it's an empowerment seminar that people are going to walk away with information from and about themselves. The analogy goes like this. If you can imagine, and I don't know if I expressed this to you before on the show last time, but if you can imagine that there is a book written about you, a, like a 2,000-page book, your current lifetime that you're experiencing right now only represents one page in that book. There are times where when you're dreaming or you're having a vision or sometimes you're falling asleep and you may begin to see yourself in another place, you are scanning the book and drifting um, into other chapters in that book that is written about you. When you catch up to one of those pages that is already written, you've just experienced deja vu. We had talked about that earlier. So deja vu is a function of the divine that makes you aware that your life has already happened. And this is why you're, everything feels familiar when you have that moment of clarity that people classify as deja vu. There's too much time in the universe for the, all of this not to have happened many, many times over. So we're basically living in the past because the future, the past, and the present have already happened. Based on what we do on the day-to-day, we can basically affect and go back and correct the past to make a perfect cyclic happening. But that's a much that that's a much higher advanced teaching. Um, there are a lot of people who are on the planet who actually have ascended off of the planet, but they're also here. They've come back into the past to help bring others to where they are and they're perfecting all of those things. So what they do is they bring back different technologies from the future. An example of that would be music. So 10,000 years ago, there was no music on the planet, but music had to be introduced because music deals with sound and octave, and it also bathes the 
um, the chakra system of your body, and certain music will affect you in different ways depending on the gigahertz or the pitches or the chords or the melody of it. If you listen to the harp, that is a gift from the angelic realm, and that is a very powerful music that will expose you to your ethereal self or your angelic self. So there was a time where, like I said before, um, these technologies that advance you and expose you to the divine part of yourself, like yoga, Pilates, and those things were not on the planet. These things have been introduced by higher beings from higher worlds. There was a time where the game of chess was not on the planet. Chess is a game that has 64 squares that advances dormant faculties that you have in your brain and turn on those dormancies. And when you play chess and you basically get efficient enough to hold certain calculates or, or calculations in your brain and you can think two, three, four, five, six moves in advance, you are basically realigning yourself with the abilities that we had in Atlantis and Lemuria when we were in the fifth dimension. So chess, the game of chess is a gift from a higher world that did not come from here. It wasn't originated from this plane. Um, there are so many different things that we enjoy on a day-to-day basis that are gifts from higher worlds. A lot of our movies are encoded with just that. Somebody like Gene Roddenberry was definitely dialed into um, higher beings that downloaded those uh, those episodes that we used to enjoy so much in Deep Space Nine and the Star Trek series and all of those different things. And just that franchise alone is responsible for making people aware that there's a much bigger picture that is the reality outside of what the Bible has offered to you or kept you from. So the seminar Divine World is going to give you the names of the directory or the spiritual phone book and how to reach these beings and how to gain some of the power that they are responsible for giving to humans so that they can actually manifest things in a much bigger capacity. And that's pretty much in a nutshell what it's about. I mean, that's, that's, that's a pretty thorough summation of a full offering, okay, so the family can find more about that particular event if they go to the site. Um, and we're not going to name any names on the program tonight. You know, the family has to follow through, you know what I'm saying, to that particular offering. I want you to speak about what we spoke about earlier in regards to, you know, what fee people are willing to pay to obtain higher levels of spirituality or the tools that are needed, you know what I'm saying, the keys that unlock, you know what I'm saying, uh, the, the unbounding access to the wells of creatrix energy that are out there for people who are not able to tap into it themselves, you know, just by going outside and saying a prayer, because some people are. Absolutely. Well, you know, one, well first are. of all, First of all, one, one of the things that I wanted to do is anyone that does um, wish to come to this seminar by way of hearing me speak on this show 
on Know the Ledge Radio, KTL, we'll create a code that if you do pre-register for the Divine World Seminar, we will give you a 15% discount off of the um, off of the tuition for it. Um, that's the first thing. And in terms of the question, does you know there is another functionality in the universe that does not air. There was a time where you know um, commerce or um, capital capitalism was not in effect. People used to barter for each other, each other's services, and I think that was um, a more genuine way to interact and interface with your fellow beings. Capitalism, unfortunately, lends itself to some of the aggregate energy that comes with um, cheating your brother man out of certain things or people getting very ambitious and wanting to, you know, it has its own, it has its own um, agenda, and it's not the best way in which to deal with certain things. So the, the universal law of reciprocity is important because there has to be an even exchange of energy. So let me give you an example. People don't really respect things that come for free. They say that, you know, the axiom goes the best things in life for free, but if I gave this seminar for free, probably three people would show up. People respect things that have a price tag on it. If you doubt that, go to Rodeo Drive or Beverly Hills or Saks Fifth Avenue and look at the price tags in Tiffany's or Fendi or Gucci, some of these places, and people will gladly pay for these highly priced items. And I'm sure that they're qualitative to a certain degree, but what is associated with something with a high price tag, and I'm not making divine wealth synonymous with that, I'm just saying the human condition is one that respects um, paying for things and almost to the extent of when you write something down that you're studying, you retain 75% more of it in your memory. So, you know, it behooves you to to do that if you want to remember and retain what it is that you're studying. That's something that a lot of the students learn in law school. Um, but there should be an even exchange of um, of not even barter, but a monetary exchange, whatever it is, because that keeps things in balance. Um, if someone is living in your house for free and, you know, someone comes to stay with you and they're not paying any rent, there's going to be another energy that comes about that's going to cause some disdain. The next thing you know, you know, everything that that person that is staying in your house is doing is going to annoy the person whose house they're staying in. So that's just another example of just fair and equitable exchange that keeps my that keeps everything in balance. Um, there are people that don't understand that the spirit world demands this faculty to be honored. You know, even if you go to the Bible and it says that, you know, Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, why did he do that? He did that to get very, very clear. Even if you read the Emerald Tablets, you know, Tehuti says, if you want to reach me, fast long. You know, the Muslims fast during Ramadan. Ramadan claims to own Mubarak. They get very, very digital about what it is that they're doing because they're abstaining from the um, – the gestation of food, but because they're doing that, what they're gaining from the universe is clarity of things that are divine. So there are things that um, the universe set in place 
as a reward or a fair recompense for what you are willing to do disciplinary-wise that will expose you to something that is far greater. So to answer the question, yes, that is something that um, people need to work to understand, that that is a functionality of the universe that keeps everything harmonious. And when that harmony is disturbed, then you're basically welcoming the opposite of whatever the harmony is into the equation. Right. Right. And how does one reverse that particular cycle? Well, if one person has incurred um, that aggregate energy, you know, there are ways to um, – it really depends on what it was. So you would have to give me an example, you know what I mean? But just reversing anything, I mean, I would just say it's a blanket. Um, karmically, we uh, we create – most people create um, negative karma every day for themselves, which is basically magnetizing yourself for more negative things to be attracted to you. Let me give you an example. Someone has a um, an accident. So they walk away from the accident, you know, the, 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 the police officer comes and he takes your insurance and, you know, they exchange insurance, insurance. And instead of taking a deep breath and letting go of, of that episode, they're still reeling in, I can't believe I had an accident. Oh, my God, this is so – and by doing that, by ruminating in that, you are basically attracting more negative things to come directly to you, you're basically ringing a dinner bell for more chaos and destruction, and that happens all the time. Um, so karmically, there are things that just by simply doing a good deed for someone, doing a succession of good deeds for people, random acts of kindness, um, doing things where people volunteer all the time. They don't know why they're doing it. They just know it feels good to volunteer. But really, universally, it is you are investing into your spiritual 401K or you are putting favor in your celestial account. We all have a certain amount of energy that is ours by birthright. But the more you volunteer for, a, uh, you know, for something that is noteworthy and righteous, the more you are investing into something that when you really need it, it will come directly to you. Um, and that's another functionality of the universe that it respects um, people who do things like that. I mean, so those are just a couple of ways that you can reverse the negative effects of your actions. Um, one of my teachers used to talk about how uh, I learned about the crucible or the dark night of the soul. Um, it's it, it's the only way that the universe can show you the sum total of your negative deeds or your bad decisions. A lot of people don't really understand that the culmination of you continually making wrong decisions that are not balanced or um, harmonious with the flow of the laws of the universe are going to cause you to have a very nasty um, crucible, and what I mean by crucible is, and you might you may know some people like this. Someone gets into a nasty car accident; their car is totaled. 
they get to work and they find out that they've been fired. When they get home, their woman has packed up and says, it's over, I'm leaving. And then they find out that their health is failing. And then other isms and schisms seem to happen. That's what you call a crucible or a dark night of the soul. People that perpetually make bad decisions and get over on people and deal with dark energy and people that purposely go out to harm someone with black candles and black magic and these negative modalities that are out there, they are basically creating that for themselves. But then someone might say, well, Gana, what about somebody like um, Pablo Escobar who, you know, is said to have murdered, you know, many people, or somebody like Idi Amin who created uh, a Ugandan genocide, you know, he was not... Oh, you know, their their favorite, Hitler. What about Hitler? He was a vegan, shit. (laughs) Him included, you know. Just because he left the planet with the rules doesn't mean that he escaped his karma. But it's really um, important for people to understand that when you deal with certain forces, you're going to get exactly what the force offers you, even if it's unbeknownst to your cognition. So some people brush up against something because they get an instant reaction from it, but they don't know what's really controlling the force behind the thing that they're dealing with. Um, We're children playing with forces that we really don't understand. On a macrocosmic level, there are so many planets that have destroyed themselves. Literally, the planet has exploded or imploded because they were dealing with nuclear fission, splitting the atom to the left instead of splitting it to the right, creating nuclear fusion. So when you do those things, you're basically dealing with destruction of glyphotic energy that's going to take you off of here. Um, People really need to understand that. So also in the seminar, we're dealing with certain beings that help to correct those things, and that's the value of people just wanting for your brother what you want for yourself and just really being in harmony with things um, because no one gets away with anything. Right. I hope I wasn't too all over the place with that, but that just came. No, 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 no. So a very direct, concise, um, you know, answer. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. Okay. Red, you well, did. We talked about, you know, we talked about something else with begins yeah, with P, yeah. man. I don't know if you want to go into that. Yeah, repeat that. You said we spoke about something with what? Yeah, we were talking about. Um, you know, lack and poverty and all of that stuff before. Was that something that you wanted to touch oh, on yeah, as well? Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that definitely segues into this conversation that we're having now. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So you want to so, touch yeah. on it? Okay. All right. Well, we basically discussed um, – well, I think, I think you should actually talk about that in terms of, like, what how, how, you, how you saw it um, – you know what your concern was with that, and I and when you finish, Blue, I want to add on and ask a question about that as well. Mm-hmm. Well, in terms of again, because again, peace, brother, take care, peace, little man. We 
we had a uh, a full-length conversation about quite a few different things that we touched on different points dealing with that particular topic. So which one of them are you saying stood out to you that you would like me to touch upon? No, I was just saying, you know, what – well, all right, let, let, let's just go into it because we were talking about basically poverty, why people are broke, why people don't have the finances or the abundance that they would like to have. What causes Indeed. that? You know what I mean? And and there are so many reasons um, that people don't have it. One of the One of the things that I believe is that when we're here – we know exactly what it would take for us to change our condition, but we don't want to do the work that comes with it that's necessary. Um, some of my students that I have, I have them do certain things that are going to, I, I believe, and this is you know something that I got from St. Germain, who is an ascended master, that when he walked the planet, he was not a broke dude. He was rich. He had the best of everything and he lived a kingly life because he felt like, what is the purpose of me being here and really dealing with alchemy and learning how to master the, you know, the, the mysteries of the universe if I can't even feed myself or take care of my family? So these are some things that should actually be in order because you can't really experience the divine there's another mindset where people feel like you have to be broken, live in poverty, and uh, you know to be pious. But I don't agree with that because everything that is divine is rich. Everything that is divine comes with lush, lavish. I mean, you know, I hate to say balling, but yeah, that's what it is. There's an overabundance of everything, and especially with love. So. I think that the impetus for people to want to be rich should not come at the um, at the sacrifice of someone's soul. It's like you know what it says in the Bible: "What profit is a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul?" But at the same time, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and everything shall be added to you. So my point is: if one makes the priority his enlightenment. Inner enlightenment and outer enlightenment. That's how it works. If someone says to the universe and to the creator of all things and to the higher beings and to the ancestors and to anyone that is outside of embodiment, my main priority is to become enlightened. And one of the things I make my students do is when they wake up in the morning, they look at their hands and they say, not my will, but thy will. That gives a very powerful signal to the spiritual, immortal part of yourself that actually is responsible and sponsors the miracles and the actualization of the things that you want into your reality immediately. You have to defer to that part of yourself, which never comes to this reality, period. Your soul is here, your body is here, but your spirit is not. Your spirit is the part that lives with God and never comes here. So you want to petition to the highest part of yourself that you are willing. The smartest thing that anyone can do is say, I don't want anything except my enlightenment. Because within your enlightenment, that's where the gold is. That's where everything that you you know, could not have dreamed possible is that, right? So we 
begin to enlighten ourselves, the next thing you know, everything starts to change. You have the resources and the abundance, and your needs are met, and then some. That was my personal um, that's my personal testimony, and I just offered that to anyone that would listen, and that everyone that um, anyone that cared to participate in that philosophy, and people are finding that to be what it should be. So there's a lot of reasons why people are in poverty and lack. One, another one of the reasons that people don't have the things that they need is because we embodied here to this planet to experience what being separated from our parents would be like. So we want to know what it's like in a bad neighborhood. We want to know what it's like on the dark side. So, okay, let me put some physicality around my consciousness and forget who I really am. So we come here to do that. But what happens is when we reach the end of the game, which would be death, the change that we call death, and we are going back to the spirit world, we create such a strong connection to the physicality of what we liked with sex or, um, I don't want to say drugs, but let's just say the addiction to what it was like to be in the body, and we forget every time that we decide to come back here that this is not our true home. And every time you do that, you put a, a thicker layer of darkness around your light. You put a bigger blanket around your divinity. And it gets so muted that you completely disassociate yourself with the fact that the immortal part of you is not what the body is. And this is what the seminar is going to help people to uh, understand is that the divine part of you is what is eternal and operates outside of the time-space continuum. And once you realign and reintroduce yourself with that part of yourself, then you're off to the races and everything begins to fall in place. There are nothing but um, synergistic happenings and coincidences and everything falls in place and everything is right and exact. And yes, the obstacles in life are always going to happen, but you will have the, um, the gumption and the perception to put it in its proper perspective and nothing will reach the heart in terms of, you know, um, nothing will affect you emotionally wise in a negative way, period, because you're centered and that centering comes with one's um, enlightenment. And that should be the one goal that everybody has. Nothing material, because nothing material is going to be able to be taken with you when you get to the end of your contract or the end of your embodiment here. And that is what's foolhardy. So the trick that has been played on our consciousness is they make these things so attractive that, you know, you want to get this, you want to get that. But all of those things are material, and material things are not immortal. So... Enlightenment actually is something that the only thing that you could take with you that is part of your character that will be your passport into the higher octaves and the higher frequencies, the higher realities that are not the illusion that we are currently in.
All right? Because the bomb pulls. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you basically, I had a question, but you did answer it with that dissertation. I want to say, I want to give thanks for that light that you just shared. Um, hopefully, the family, you know, was able to receive that. That was a full plate right there. Um, I only say that because of the simple fact that when I did do a lot of studying, I came across um, a trend of what you mentioned earlier, dealing with piousness and, you know, um, a reoccurring story about individuals who were seeking spiritual enlightenment and the sacrifice that they were doing, that they were were, um, partaking in in the physical world um, of giving up materialism and giving up, you know, their, you know, forsaking their riches and, you know, basically some people even going, you know, going into the into the tombs or, or hitting rock bottom. You feel me? Like even when we hear stories about some of these entertainers who are successful uh, nowadays, there's a there's there's a familiar um, there's always this familiar story of them living in the car or losing everything. Or there's always a death in the family. There's always someone close who seems to die. And the conspiracy theorists want to chalk it up to the Illuminati and things of that nature. But there can't be that many Illuminati working out there because there's so many stories that reflect, you know, Joe Schmo, you know what I'm saying, who, you know, there's so many stories that they reflect the same reoccurring theme of, of you know, people losing a parent or a loved one, and then you have a, you know, and and, uh, and and when you look at it and when you study it, you're saying, like, is this really the sacrifice that one has to make in order to achieve what is what is even looked at as success in, in, in you know, in this paradigm? So... You know what? I think, you know what? Yes. And, and, and let, me, let me jump in, brother, because I... I I think that there is a big difference between someone who's living in their car and, you know, because I, I actually see that. I see, you know, the car is filled up with newspaper and all that. So they're basically hoarding stuff into the car. That's just a disparaging uh, condition that comes with someone being irresponsible um, to to the degree to which they just did not do the knowledge to their own personal situation. If people are dotting their I's and crossing their T's, they will never end up in a situation like that. There are some things that are happenstantical that are just beyond your best efforts, but that also comes from a karmic place of, like I said, um, a crucible across the bear, something that is just an unfortunate extant circumstance outside of your own um, your own happiness that does happen, but that's that's very different from someone that says, I'm going to shave my head bald, I'm going to have a bow of silence and live a monastic lifestyle and chant for eight hours a day in a temple somewhere in Peru or Tibet. That's very different. Yeah. There are people that have a fraction of a millisecond at a peak into the divine worlds, and what they get in that millisecond when the planets are aligned in a certain type of way um, and they get a peek into those higher worlds and then there is a knowingness 
that is downloaded into their being that basically says the quickest way to get to what you have just seen, for you to be part of this and to bring your consciousness here to this, uh, I hate to say orgasmic because that would just be the highest frequency of sexual gratification that we can register, but it would be that times 100. In order to get to this arena that you just had a peek at, this is what you need to do, um, and this is that would be the fastest way for you to get here, right? So someone says, I'm going to join this monastery, and I'm going to give up everything that I own, and I'm going to turn my body into light within seven years' time. That's the long form of the light body exercise. I'm very familiar with that. And then there are people that believe that they have to suffer for the Lord, and they have to give all of their money to the church. God doesn't need your money. God doesn't need, the creator doesn't need anything from us. And that's mm-hmm. another crusade that I'm on is that the Bible belt is riddled with these um, preachers and, and gangsters and charlatans that are, give me your money, 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 money. Now, if the money is going into a trust fund and it's going into pay certain, you know, college tuitions and it's, it's helping the poor 100%, I understand that. But if it's going into the pockets, if it's lining the pockets of people and, you know, making wardrobes and, you know, filling up closets with different designer suits, and that's where the money is going, there's a problem with that. But there's a, there is a difference between irresponsibility that has you homeless and you making the choice like Gautama Buddha to give up his riches and seek enlightenment underneath a tree, and what he gained was far greater than the riches that he had of this world, period. And that's the recurrence of a lot of the, you know, the ancient texts that we have. We have plenty of stories of people that have given up their wealth, but they gave up their wealth, they gave up the worldly things in order to get the spiritual riches of enlightenment, and that is the wisest thing someone can do. My point was, while we're here, we don't have to be starving and broke and have problems paying our bills if we decide to make enlightenment a priority. Because what happens is when you commit to enlightenment, then the cosmology of the universe turns to your favor and says, oh, you want to be enlightened? Well, let me help you with that. And then it starts to line up things for you to make that happen. And that's one of the things that I have my students understand that you're making a priority. You're in, before you leave the house, you're going to do this exercise for 30 minutes out of your 24-hour period, and you're going to start your day with that. And because you're starting your day with enlightenment, you are going to have a much brighter lifestyle because you prioritize the immortal part of yourself. It's a no-lose situation. Indeed. Right. Um, so, do you guys do you guys see four eight zero on your queue? Okay, let me go and write. Yes, we do. Let me go ahead and open up the four eight zero. All right. Yes, sir. Okay, calling from the four eight zero. Two five one. Welcome to Nodalex Radio. Please. Yes, loud and clear. Greetings. 
greeting. Hi, Mamie. How you doing, sweetie? I'm good, Dano. How are you? I'm great. Glad to hear your voice. Thank you. Yes. Good to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yes, indeed. Yes. Could be complete without you. What's that? Uh, I said welcome to Know the Ledge Radio. Um, if you want to, please introduce yourself to the family. Thank you very much. I'm Mamie Wheeler, and I have a full practitioner practice called the Inner Realm, and I'm a good friend of Dana's. We're going to be teaching a seminar together in New York in September, so I appreciate the invitation. Yes. Oh, Mamie, Mamie is... Um, and I have to just blow a horn a little bit. <laughs> we um, we met a couple of years ago. We just gravitated towards each other, and we've basically been inseparable since. She actually is um, in Portland, Oregon, but she's been on this path for, you know, a very long time, and she's done a lot of work in the spirit world. I've learned a lot from her. Um, and whenever we talk on the phone, you know, and this is what I was kind of telling her about. She's just um, a well of mm-hmm. information and light because she's invested so heavily into her own enlightenment, and she's taught so many people, you know, and that was one of the reasons why I was definitely magnetized um, to her direction, and she's just so humble about it, um, and she downplays it a lot, but she is um, she's a very powerful um, repository of information and you know she's I've learned a lot from her and I was very very excited to you know have her host this seminar with me so you know that's just that's my two cents on who this woman is and I couldn't do the seminar without uh, a woman because like I said before the Aquarian age is shifting into one of enlightenment and you know it's going back to uh the the ma'at and the balance and the creatrix and things that come through the womb man. So in order for everything to be balanced with this new Aquarian age and for the information to come through, we're going to have to start listening and being learned um, from our women because they were the ones that were originally in control of all of this. And once we deviated from that, we basically messed up the program. So... (laughs) <laughs> that's one of the reasons why I'm really, really happy that she's with me on this. Oh, thank you, Gano. And I yes, will comment on that, if I may. Um, I will say that in the spiritual world, I did learn a truth about the beginning of time, and that truth is that when woman was created, she was given the healing stones, and she was the, the healer and the and the nurturer, and the the man was given the uh, knives, and they were the uh, the ones who went out and procured for the tribes. Uh, they protected and they fed using the knives. Now, that was it. That was a community imbalance. And yet, the other significant truth is that the women also carried knives, and the men also carried the healing stones. And they all knew how to use them. So it wasn't their primary objective in the tribe, but it was something they knew how to do. So 
as Gano says, I think it is important to come into the new age recognizing we all have everything that we need. We may, because of our disposition, our gender, have more access to information in one area than another. And as we offer that together, we come back into balance as a as the community of humans, which is the way it's intended to be. That's right. Well, I would also say um, one one of the things that that is exciting, Mammy. Can we talk about or, or uh, the the pillar of light a little bit? Certainly, go ahead. Okay. Well, Mammy had introduced me to uh, a place in in uh, in the galaxy called the Pillar of Light, and we would meet there. The pillar, the pillar of light. The pillar of light. Okay. Yes. Mhm. And we, you know, she taught me how to get there, and you know, she gave me the um, the keys of of how to do it. And we would meet there, and we would face a a council of elders that gave us certain instructions of what to do on Earth. And the last time that I went there. Uh, this was actually um, Mamie's idea for us to work together and do something. Um, so when we went, first I had to go to the center of the sun, and we met there, and then we we changed direction and went to the pillar of light. Um, what I was told from the elders that were there, and they, they are not human, uh, but they are responsible, and they watch over us for many, many different lifetimes. What they told me was to continue your work and do not underestimate the value of what you're doing on Earth. And they gave us the permission or the uh, something called Prima, which is a pinch of primordial light that, because we all have light within us, but that extra little bit of primordial light will illuminate you further and it helps to make the... Uh, the sojourn of this embodiment a lot easier. So that's where the the building blocks of this seminar have come from, from, you know, our trips going there and consulting with these these beings that um, are infinitely powerful and they're in the universe and they want and wish to help um, humans evolve. And that's something that I learned from, from Amy. Mm-hmm. That's correct. So these is, you know, that's some of the things that, um, that's one of the reasons why I was very, very excited to do that. Another thing, too, um, Mamie is also the one that's going to go into the Akashic, into the Akashic um, record. And one of the times I, I spoke about it on another show, I think it was the second time that I went in, just the, the value of someone going in. Well, actually, you know what, Mimi, you talk about that. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to talk to you. You talk about the value of, of what, um, the Akashic record is for someone. Say, say that again. The value of what? The value of of going into your your Akashic record. The value of going to into your Akashic record is first of all, it, it's a value to us to understand that every experience that we have 
whether we've recorded it consciously or not, is recorded somewhere. That's an energy stream that's been talked about through the millennia in different ways, and different beings like Edward Casey has accessed those records. The way that's done is being able to tap into someone's personal energy field, because if you think of the universe or the universal grid as a great big computer, um, every being has a unique stream of energy. So uh, someone who's familiar with being able to tap into that energy stream or tap into your energy stream should be able to tap into the energy of all your experiences, conscious and unconscious, past, present, and future. They're all there. They're all recorded in time. So if you become a consciousness of being and you have a desire to learn more about what's beyond the veil and you have a desire to evolve spiritually and learn more, you can learn the techniques that Gana and I will be teaching in the Divine World Seminar for starters, uh, which, which is that ability to go into your own record and learn about yourself and learn what's true for you and learn what may have been part of your past and is definitely part of your present and possibly your future, since future is never completely written, it's always evolving, and we're always changing it. Each decision that we make moves it in a different direction. And it just gives us more self-awareness. Uh, a good practitioner, there's, there's lots and lots of soul practitioners or healers or spiritualists out there Many of them work in that field of energy. A lot of hands-on healers will be able to manipulate that field of energy to bring you physical relief of, a, of an ailment or mental and emotional relief. So there's, there's lots of ways to access that field energetically and or consciously, clairvoyantly, to bring more information to you to help you move forward in your path of evolution. And a, and a good practitioner will teach you how to do that for yourself and then will guide you and aid you and sometimes lead you in a meditation or whatever you need to help you to bring that information to yourself so that it's always your information. I don't do readings and and get into people's Akashic records that are not attached to you because I don't want to know what someone else would want to say about you I think it's really important just to pass information for people that pertains to them belonging to their own soul record of truth. That's right. Is that what you wanted me to share? Yes. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. And I think it's important to learn how to do it the right way, uh, which which Anna alludes to, which is why we're going to teach this, because um, we we want to guide people to be able to get there the first time we go as mentors with you and teach you how to do that. And then and then you can do that for yourself. That's right. And it's really it's really tantamount to one of the scriptures, um I believe it's an axiomatic scripture that says if you give your brother a fish sandwich he'll eat for a day, but if you teach him how to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. And there are, are a lot of people that are on the circuit that are just doing the readings and, okay, thank you, take care, got to run. But if you teach someone how to do it for themselves, they can in turn teach it to other people and so on and so on. That's the power of a true teacher 
you don't just take someone's power, but you're empowering other people to empower other people. And this is what's yeah. going to make our planet a better place a lot faster instead of just, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a level of reciprocity that is fully active, you know? Yes, indeed. My question is for a beginner or a novice uh, who may want to take that, you know, that trip to uh, to open up their Akashic Records, what would be the level of difficulty, you know, for somebody who's just beginning who may be hearing this and saying, wow, I wish I'd be able to do that, but I'm not that well-versed into spirituality or they may be doubting themselves, what would you say that uh, – how would you encourage someone to, um, you know, release those doubts and to let go of those fears and to just trust in their higher self? Well, the first thing I would say about that is to remember that you have been born with everything you need and knowledge of all. We are all here born of God. So everything's inside of you. You may not remember everything, but you have it inside you. So everything we learn on the path is just a reawakening. Or, again, if you use that concept of the computer screen, we're going to bring a file that's been buried maybe down in a couple different file pathways that you haven't been able to find for a while or a really long time, and we're just going to put it on your desktop. So for some people, depending on their level of understanding or their level of openness, may have a more difficult time. But someone who may think, oh, I could never do this, may just have this amazing experience the very first time. So we never quite know, but there's no judgment there. Because each time you do it, each time you go, each time you take a baby step, there's spiritual beings waiting to help you. They see you make the effort. They come forward and they begin to open those doors for you. So it's sometimes like peeling an onion for people. It takes a little longer. There's a few layers that have to come off, but we help you with that. And the sooner that you get through that piece, then the magic starts to happen. And everybody's a little bit different. But, again, not everybody has the desire to learn how to do everything themselves this lifetime. I use the analogy of the fact that I'm a nurse. I went to nursing school. I'm a trained scientist. I don't I didn't want to go to law school. I have needed a lawyer at different times in my life and I have hired a lawyer because I don't want to be a lawyer. So you may just want to come to a class, learn a technique, sit in a meditation, figure it out. And then mostly, you know, learn more slowly or gather the information from other people and not necessarily do a lot with it this lifetime. And that's okay. Again, there's no judgment there. You'll be and do what is your level of comfort in this lifetime, what's appropriate for you, and you get to take that with you. Because the other thing about the Akashic Records that I've learned, having been in them enough, is that it's all there. So everything you've done and everything you will do is going to carry forward 
and you don't lose anything. So either way, you want to do it. Either way, you want to access the information and how deep you want to go with it is all to benefit your own soul. How amazing is that? That is amazing. It's amazing that, you know, these are the things that we have um, available. And, you know, when when someone doesn't have the, the gumption in their life to, like I said, follow the prompting that is pushing them to unearth um, some of the spiritual nature, which is actually the, um, the, the immortal or the eternal part of ourselves, you know, that might be an indication as to um, how far removed you are. There are some people that don't have a clue at all. Um, but like I said, if, if someone sits and they're quiet or they meditate or they're really, really still, you will definitely feel that urge or that gentle prompting, not just from the higher part of yourself, but from your guides of which we all have at least one, if not several, or your ancestors. There is always something that's beyond you and yet inside of you that is urging you to um, reach for the divine because the divine is from whence you came and it will be from where you are, you know, it will be where you're going once you leave this short stay of embodiment on this planet. You know what I mean? Yes, yes in a lifetime we do something different in order to evolve our soul. That's right. So so you just have to be patient with yourself and loving to yourself. The biggest, the biggest roadblock to our spiritual involvement is the lack of self-love and, and the self-judgment. And that gets mirrored by the lack of love on the planet and the amount of judgment on the planet. So if we can learn to step out of that and bring that back into our space, then we can continue to evolve, you know, at a pace that, you know, is, is what our soul would desire for, for us. That's right. Question. Is there an age limit to enlightenment? Like, I'm going to just use this example. Let's say that I'm going through life, and um, and I'm also going to add this on as well. Let's say that I've gone through life, and I've done a lot of what I may be, like you were saying just now about self-judgment, what may what, when I may have deemed bad things, okay, mm-hmm. wrong things, things that, you know, people are not comfortable with living with. And I may be in my 50s or my 60s or my 70s, and I'm living with a lot of old memories, a lot of self, a lot of guilt. And I may even have a Christian mindset that says, no matter what I do, I'm going to hell, there's no helping me, I won't be able to find my higher self or the best part of myself because it's covered with so much, uh, you know, darkness or, you know, uh, um, memories and, and things that I've done that I just can't, I feel that I just can't, just I just can't get it off of me. So mm-hmm. when I hear about this enlightenment, when I hear about spirituality, I equate it. I, I actually say that that's for the good people. That, that's for people who are at peace 
or that's for people who are basically peaceful people who have balanced their karma. What would you say to that? I would say that's a really beautiful question. Um, I would say that there's also a beautiful statement that says, there but by the grace of God go I. And this is why monks wash the feet of sinners, um, because every true master on the planet knows that they're, they're a moment away from what you're describing. And it's because we're all human and we're here together. If we were if we were perfect, if we were enlightened, we wouldn't be here. So we're all here as a human family working together. And that, and what you're describing may be the, the, the layers of the onion on someone's soul. There may be some work we have to do to help them understand their karma, to help them do exercises to release darkness. Um, the amount of darkness and light in someone's soul is measurable. That's part of the work that we do without judgment because, again, we're all human here doing the work together. We're supposed to lift each other up and help each other. And here's the other important thing I've learned. When I was being raised, and I was raised fundamentally Christian also, I was always told that every day you wake up, you have a new day. It's a new day. The sun comes up. God gives you the sun, it's a new day, you can turn over new leaves, you can start over and do better. Sometime around 1999, the year 2000, my guides and my master teachers from the spirit world started telling me that's no longer true. It is now with every breath you take. So think about that. Think how many breaths you take in a day. Think how many breaths you take in a minute. Every breath you take, you can make a decision to do something different, to start over, to have a different philosophy, to have forgiveness, to decide to walk with more light, to seek evolution of your soul. You can make those choices. And as you make those choices, teachers, masters, guides come forward, and they'll take you on that journey. That's right. And and I would also like to add, that here on this planet, we all know how to walk because our parents watched us fall and stumble. If at any time our parent did not want us to learn the faculty of walking and they they stopped us from making the attempt because they got tired of seeing us fall on our fannies, then we wouldn't know how to walk. So the same is true macrocosmically. You know, we have um, higher beings above us that watch us come back over and over again to figure out and learn how to get closer to the light by doing things. And, you know, me and Mammy had a discussion not too long ago, and she says, you know, that she was telling me about someone who um, worked on just the theme of, like, maybe jealousy or something for, like, seven different lifetimes, and now he has it down packed. So to the extent to which you're willing to do the work – you will raise your vibration to the point where a higher being will see your light and come directly to you or send you someone or something that will help you in correlation with what your mission is or what your desire is to grow. You will always have the assistance from the divine world once you petition for it just from a simple request. 
So once people start honoring and listening to the inner promptings that we all have, some of the promptings, like I said, are not heard at all because people are really um, people are some some people are really distracted, and some people have dabbled in the dark for so long that they've learned how to ignore the prompting or the alarms or the warning signs that are trying right. to expose the light that they already have inherent within them. In them, then you know. But we always have the divine world with their hands so that we reach up and take it, they will bring us up to a certain level um, now, that we're willing to, you know, experience. Can I ask a question in regard to that as well? Please do. What is there a possibility that, let's say, one is getting these particular inclinations or there's these alarms going off and they may not know what this means because, they was raised in a particular paradigm that anytime you hear voices or you might see signs and they're not indicative of what you were raised in by way of maybe religion, you know, people might run to, say, a a, a fortune teller or a palm reader, you know what I'm saying, or a soothsayer, somebody that deals with these particular matters, and they might even get a diagnosis where the person is reading them doesn't have the level of education outside of their paradigm or their box. And they say, you have an entity on you that I can't identify. You know, I don't know what this is. And because I don't know what this is, of course, we know this very, quote, unquote, mundane humanistic instinct is to bang on things that you don't understand. So automatically they start doing ritual and ceremony to block that person from these particular things that may be, quote, unquote, sent to help this person. And when the person, you know, honors that level of help to block them from their real help, then they have contracted into blocking themselves and putting themselves into a box within a box. Does that happen, and how can that be reversed? That happens a lot, and, and there's a whole class I teach on spiritual discernment. And I think spiritual discernment is super important, and I think it's the first layer that we have to address when we're beginning to learn more about the spiritual world. Like I told you uh, earlier, I was raised fundamentally Christian, and I was trained as a scientist. I'm a Western-trained medical uh, school. So I had to learn the difference and and really see – you know, where does science and philosophy blend? Where, where, what's faith and, and how does it all work together? And as I, as I came to teachers and to masters and worked with gurus who, who taught me that part of my spiritual knowledge, I learned very quickly that there are good practitioners and bad practitioners, just like there are good lawyers and bad lawyers. And it, and it evolves your soul. And again, if we can move forward with our seeking without judgment, but with good spiritual discernment tools. So it's just like, you know, you you don't get into the car and not put on your seatbelt. Okay? You you believe you trust in God, but you still lock your doors at night. So I think it's important for people who are on a spiritual journey to take the time to learn spiritual discernment, learn about what's what's right and what's wrong about spiritual seeking and how that might look and how that might feel and take responsibility because there's always going to be beings out there who will try to block you. 
And I'll also tell you this. The more you grow in the light, the more the darkness tries to take you out. And so you have to also learn spiritual protection. And that's another thing I also spent a long time teaching my students, spiritual discernment and spiritual protection. Because they're very real. We live in a world that's, that's dark and light. We're here to choose. We're here given the freedom to choose. So we're going to be exposed to both. So what does it look like? How can you protect yourself from it? How do you continue to move forward? Those are very important concepts, and those are things that, that Gano and I teach and that we believe everybody should take the time to learn so that they're you know, c- continuing to have good experiences and not experiences that would derail you or slow you down. That's right, and and I'll, I'll also add to that. Um, I that's one of the things that um, I really love about Mamie is that she's a very very big arbiter of discernment and just what is just right and exact. Um, I, I also would like to say to someone, there's a lot of uh, indiscriminate gypsies out there that just want to turn a buck and make money off of you and, you know, do things and, and tell you things that are not true. Um, discernment is a lesson that also comes with that. So it's almost like, you know, there are gold diggers out there that are utilizing some of these basketball players for their money. The guys know it, but they turn a blind eye to it. Um, these are the things that force you to learn. If you know, if you have a feeling that someone is getting over on you and you allow that, that's also a lesson of discernment. Yet and still, you may have something inside of you that, that, that pushes you towards someone. It might be your ancestors that make someone, um, they put a light around someone so that you go to them. Um, a lot of my students are pushed to me through their ancestors. That's something that I found out because they know that I can tell them something or give them something that's going to be for their highest good. So the universe is very strategic about not wasting its resources and a lot of times, if you don't have the ability to hear what is divine or what's for your highest good, someone who is closest to you, it might even be a complete stranger that will walk right up to you and tell you something that they could not have possibly known, but they heard your guides or your angels or your ancestors, and you will get the message relayed to you. You know what I mean? So it's if you're open to the magic and the mystery of the spirit world and the divine world, there is no linear way that um, these things can come to you. And one of the things about humans that that kind of um, saddens me a little bit is that we accept things that destroy us readily with no problem, with open arms. We want to hug it and embrace it tightly and never let it go. Like, you know, the bad music or the bad food or the bad behavior, practices and choices. But something that is divine or something that is a spiritual gift, we want to question it. We want to discern that. We want to scrutinize it, question it, and give it the third degree. But, you know, we don't want to accept it as a gift from God or a gift from a higher being that's going to change our life. And that's another condition that we need to change on this planet because the humans on this planet – um, a lot of them are accepting things that are not for the highest good or for the good of others. We accept that, and it's it's really backwards. So there's a unlearning of things that we need to um, execute 
so that we can get to a higher station. And I'll comment on that. Uh, I'll say that that's that's really the status of the maturity level of a soul. And at this time on our planet, there's more souls that are immature spiritually than there are mature souls, spiritually speaking. The more mature your soul gets, spiritually speaking, the less and less you question those things Gano is talking about. The more readily you accept the divine and the miraculous, and then it continues to launch you along that path. The other thing I'll say about that is that that awakening is not linear. So someone might walk lifetime after lifetime after lifetime in soul immaturity, spiritual immaturity, and another soul might leap through a a spiritual maturity in, in five minutes or ten minutes or, you know, or a month. It's not linear, and so you can never, again, judge it. You just have to allow the information to go forward and just see how people accept it. So, again, if you're a speaker, you you don't don't judge yourself that either. Just allow the information to come in and see how it lands and see where it takes you. That's a great point, man. We have to take a a pause at this moment and prepare ourselves. We do our 11-11 meditation at this time. Okay, so we just want to put it on pause, family, and prepare ourselves. We will be back shortly after we finish our meditation. Uh, I believe that tonight's meditation, we will be meditating to the mantra of Omni Padme Om, which stands for the jewel and the lotus, perfect balance between the masculine and the feminine principle, uh, preferably find ourselves in a, in a dark place, a pitch black place, family, and tap in, find yourself seated, feet flat, back straight, uh, palms facing upwards, index fingers and thumbs touching, forming the pyramid, tip of the tongue touching the roof of the mouth, pulling in air from the abdominals, exhaling out of the nose, calming yourself down, clearing your mind, releasing yourself from the stress of the day. Just allow yourself to be, tap in. I'm not going to tell you particularly what to do during your meditation. Let it be organic. Go in, all right? Some people can find their still point. Other people can't. Just do what feels most comforting and most natural to you, family, and we will be back shortly after this meditation.
Oh, 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 oh,
Peace. Peace. We back. Back in the building. Yeah, that was a good meditation. Um, as you did that in uh, in the main miracles workshop, that was um, that was well received when you um, when you did that. I appreciated that, brother. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. I definitely felt honored to be in front of the class and to lead them into meditation. You know what I mean? That was definitely uh, an enlightening experience. Yes, sir. Um, your presence was uh, do- was well received. Thank you, brother. I do notice that we have a plethora of hands that have been raised in the call queue, so I know that um, in in due time we're going to be able to get to uh, all of the callers that have questions. But um, I want to ask a question about uh, the veil and Sophia. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our last guest that we had on our show Brother Morpheus, Hakeem Bey, came on and um, he spoke extensively about Sophia uh, and the veil, Isis, the veil of Isis. Um, I want to know if you can touch on that briefly to add on, you know what I'm saying, from your, you know, from from what you know and your knowledge about uh, lifting the veil, Isis, Sophia, wisdom, and things of that nature. You want to take that, Mammy, or you want me to get on it? Yeah, why don't you talk about that? Okay. Um, One of the things that um, it is said, it's been said that the the Big Bang that happened 14-some-odd billion years ago uh, was created by a consciousness, a, a, a conscious being that purposely set that octave into motion. Um, some say that that was Sophia. And um, this is what we had spoke on earlier. This It's so interesting, and this is what I mean about um, human beings playing out higher dances that happen with the planetary Um, constellations above us and inside of us, but we kind of act them out unknowingly as puppets. Um, Sophia Stewart is someone, um, you know, she's the mother of the Matrix, and she actually cast me in this movie. She said that they are reinventing or they're reinvigorating the franchise Matrix 4 and 5. So I read the first script, which is, Really, really amazing. And uh, she gave me the role of a brother named Taz who drives the Nebuchadnezzar who jumps people in and out of the Matrix. So it's really funny how Blue Pill and Red Pill, you guys have been that since before that movie was out. She's someone who says that she holds that mantle and we're all connected, but we're just (laughs) part of a higher... uh, planetary happening. Um, but, yeah, it said that Sophia is the one, is is actual source. So um, I believe that there, there are some ancient texts that support that. Um, and there were, there were a few things, like I said, that I heard that line up with uh, what I believe. 
he said a lot of the things were coming from the subconscious mind. I would just augment and say that it's the unconscious mind that gives you the uh, familiarity. And an example of that would be if I asked you what you did three lifetimes ago, that would not be in your subconscious mind. That would be in your unconscious mind that is not housed in your brain. So a lot of the information that we have that is buried in the uh, the soul, that information is, is part of a larger bank of information that is in our spirit. Um, and that spirit part of ourselves is something that remains with the creator of this um, of this reality. And then some even say that there are beings that are above Sophia and so on and so on. What I mean by that is, you know, I started seeing maybe about six years ago, this is something that just happened that made me feel good. Um, when I prayed, I would say Mother, Father, God. That made me feel really good because I would just say God or say Father, God. But something inside of me said that that needs to be balanced out. So I started saying Mother, Father, God, and then I felt complete. Then I started saying, you know, Creator. But come to find out that, you know, Mother, Father, God has also a being that's higher than Mother, Father, God. That would be the creator that's not a title called God. So it keeps going and going, and there are states of existence that are way beyond our cognition in this body, and even in your astral form, you could not conceive of what is out there or how high it is, um, it's staggering. Um, but that's basically, you know, what I would be willing to say about the little that I do know about it. And, and I will just add to that, I'll say that Gano and I have both done work with Christos and Sophia, who are thought to be two of the originators of this experience here on Earth. And we have also discovered through working with them that there are also beings in charge of them, and on and on it goes. So it's important, again, I think, and, and this, again, is something we talk about with spiritual discernment, is not to get too caught up with the labels that, that, we, that we put on and deities in the same way that we shouldn't put labels on each other or ourselves, because they manifest in so many different ways. And beyond the fourth dimension, the, the body's pleomorphic or the body's light. And so it doesn't even manifest in a way that we would even consciously register as something that we would call a being or a god. It, it may come in just as an energy, as a feeling, as a vortex. So it's, it's nice to know their names. It's nice to call on them by name. It's nice to look beyond ourselves into those energies in the spiritual world and we get to know them and certain ones come forward and give us specific information but then we also learn from them that they may come in different ways For, and I'll give you a, a short example there's a deity who presents herself to me and her name is is A.O. but not in the traditional A.O. like you would say oh, it's, it's pronounced. she pronounces it off and she tells me she's she is one of the originator deities, and she's presented herself in lifetime after lifetime as different deities like Athena, and, and she has different names. And so they come in 
in different time frames, in different ways, and bring different energies to the planet, and yet they're the same baby. We've done the same on the fabric of time. We've, we've incarnated many times here even on this planet Earth. So think about the fact that if your soul might be 25,000 years old, how many lifetimes do you think you have imprinted on the planet Earth? How many, how many lineages may you have been a part of? You could, be my, you could be part of my lineage. You might be a grandchild or a great-great-great-great-grandchild in my lineage. We're all connected. So, again, it's, it's great, it's good. It's, we, we learn these deities by name. We talk about them. We learn their energies. But, but it's important not to get too caught up in that. And, and you know what? I would, I would add to that, Mimi, by seeing um, who I was in 1994 is definitely not who I am now. A lot of people right. get caught up in the echoance of who I used to be in 94. I did not have the amount of light and understanding um, in my body at that time. But there are people around the world that may have an appreciation for the things that I was doing at that time, um, but I'm not that person. I've grown beyond that. Um, and the same is true for the higher beings, you know, different beings, you know, reinvent themselves in the way that Chikatet Arvalite turned into Thoth, turned into Trismegistus, turned into Hermes, I mean, you know, or turned into Ganesh. There were different aspects of different beings um, but they we they reflect fondly on the, who they used to be, but they are constantly evolving. Everything in the universe and the multiverse evolves, and this is why it's such a uh, it's a cardinal concern when someone is stagnant and they're not evolving or they're not growing, because the energy that's inside of you that is supposed to be evolving is so powerful. If it's not maturated and if it's not uh, if it's not turned into something greater, the reverse will happen and it will start to uh, do things to your body that you don't want to happen because it's not being used properly. And this is when people may end up being um, depressed or schizophrenic mm-hmm. or they have mm-hmm. to be committed because they're not utilizing the light or the prima that's in their souls and they're not evolving it and expanding it. So there is, like I said before, there is there is a responsibility for being an embodiment and there is a huge opportunity for us to be an embodiment. There, there are billions of souls that are waiting online to come to this planet to be a human to even start off in their very first life because it's such a rich experience. So we're in a really, really good lottery in a great position. Mm-hmm. And this is why someone should never uh, should never curse the blessing of being in this school. Agreed. And the other crisis in the spiritual world right now that we're being shown is the amount of souls that are attached to the earth plane out of body. In other words, they don't move into a space of light outside the body where they can continue to evolve and come in again in a in a in an aspect of evolution. There's a great deal of earthbound spirits. There's beings who don't know their way to the light and there's beings who are choosing 
not to go to light. And, and again, that's not a judgment because there's two ways back to God, and one is on a pathway of light and one is on a pathway of darkness. And either way, your soul's going to evolve. Your soul will either evolve into a pathway of light, into higher worlds of light, or your soul will evolve into, into the darkness and be absorbed. And so it's a soul's choice. But what's happened on our planet is that there's been enough forgetfulness and there's been enough people not paying attention and not using their conscious consciousness to evolve as light beings that they're getting stuck here. And because there's the amount of being stuck here, not finding their way to the light after they leave the physical expression, that it creates a veil like smog, which is which is, has sadness and depression and anxiety and worry and fear attached to it. And that's why it's harder for us to, to evolve at this point right now because we have to break through that. We have to try to raise our consciousness with that in resistance to what we're trying to do. And, and from the outside looking in, those beings that Gano's talking about that wish to express themselves here can't get through. My guides call it mental anguish. They call it the veil of mental anguish. And I think that's a really good term. Absolutely. So that's, you know, some of the things. Were there other things that you wanted to um, to touch on or you want to check out the callers and give them a chance to ask some questions? Yes, sir. I just wanted to ask one more question. I want to qualify one more statement before we go to the callers. Um, Is it safe to say this is often said and I wanted to know if both of you qualify this term, that because you said earlier that the spirit is not here, um, the soul is here. Um, it was explained in earlier, I, I believe it was Brother Morpheus' show, and he used the example of the movie Avatar, where he spoke of, where he used the analogy of... Um, what was the brother's name? Um, what was the uh, the main character's name? You're talking about uh, Zoe Saldana? No. Oh, you're talking about Lazalando? No, no, no. The main character in um, in um, Avatar. Okay, I don't remember. Well, anyway. Is, but anyway. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, in the movie, you see the um, the the uh, Avatar, the Navi, and the main character basically he was um you still there, bro? Hello? Yeah. yeah. His line you there, Brad? We're here. Okay, his line his line might have dropped. Okay. Or what have you. Yeah, but to follow up what he's saying, he's speaking about the whole aspect as whereas the uh, character's body was here, so mm-hmm. his avatar was here, should I say, and his physical body was in a dream state on a whole other plane, tantamount mm-hmm. to what we even saw in the Matrix with mm-hmm. Neo. You know, when he went into the Matrix, he wasn't he wasn't physically entering it so much so to speak as his quote-unquote avatar was. 
So, so you're asking if that, if that is actually the case here? Yeah, I I, I think that's where he was going with it because he didn't get mm-hmm. to okay. complete his yeah. question. Yeah. It's, uh, so, so I will make a comment about that. I will say that that's one of the mysteries of life. Uh, none of us have the answer to that question. And if we think we do, we we probably have our hand on the elephant. We probably have a small understanding of what the entire picture really looks like. But this is one of the things I teach in, in the seminar, and I'll touch on in the Divine World Seminar when, when Gano and I are in New York, is is your perception. Because, you know, if you study the science that's coming out now as we've uncovered the genome, as we've decoded DNA, all things that, that are new in the last 10 years, they've discovered amazing things about consciousness, not meaning to. They've been looking at DNA. They've been looking at the physical body, the smallest components of the physical body, and they're getting these answers that have to do with consciousness. And so it's really quite miraculous how the scientific community is coming full circle into understanding spiritual concepts that have been taught for millennia. And one of those concepts is the fact that we have more space between the cells in our body then we have cells in our body. Therefore, we're more empty space than we are solid. Now, that's a hard concept to wrap your mind around because you can tap your knee right now and you're like, no, I'm not. I'm perfectly solid. But, but science has proved that you are more empty space than you are solid. So continue those kinds of thought processes out to the concept of where is our soul, where is our spirit? And, right. and where is heaven? And where is the divine world? And is it inside me? Is it out there somewhere? These are all the miracles and the mysteries of the universe that we don't completely understand. But when we begin to study it, when we begin to work with it, we learn that it's it's a it's an energy field more than it's a place. It's a it's a knowingness. It's a clear. They've they've even now discovered that. We have more senses than the five traditional senses we've been taught. And, and they're not getting esoteric. They're not saying, oh, we believe in clairvoyance or clairaudience. They're saying, guess what? There's places in the brain that traditionally we used to think recorded sound. And now we understand that they record sound and they also do this other thing. Okay, so... There's all kinds of little interesting tidbits of science, and I'm a scientist, and so I like to bring those things in when I teach spiritual seminars because I like to get you thinking like that. I like to open your mind to these thoughts that, you know, we are bigger. It is bigger. It is more. It is science, and it is spirit, and it's it's magical, and it's mysterious. And that's, that's what right. opens your consciousness to really explore the whole thing. And, and I have to add to that, and that's well said, Mamie. Um, I I would say to that, um, just on on a religious level, I want to speak to religion in regards to that and tie that in. Uh, you know, whether you have al-Islam and people are reading the Quran and they have their hadith and they have their practices, or you have someone that deals with the Kabbalah or Judaism and they read the Torah, and or you have people that are in Buddhism, Anyone who pontificates 
that they have the totality or that their religion or their text is the end all and be all is under the illusion that they have the total mystery of the divine world is gravely mistaken. And the analogy I'd like to use is if you take one 8 by 10 piece of paper and you rip it up a thousand times, you still don't have each one of those pieces represents a religion or spiritual uh, system or a a spiritual um, force that can be used, but it still doesn't capture the complete divine or the creator. You only have a small piece of the creator's name or an attribute of the creator. The creator is way more than what we could possibly imagine. And once we admit that to ourselves and we open ourselves to how big the creator is, this is not to discredit any religion, but it's to show that the creator that we call God is a lot bigger than that, then we expand our own consciousness and we also bring ourselves together because if you recognize that all of these religions and systems do have a piece of what is a lot larger, that can bring us together as opposed to rip us apart. And that's one of the things that religion unfortunately does because it teaches you that, you know, my truth is the absolute, but truth do truth has derivatives. It has to be derived from somewhere, but reality is an extant uh, unchangeable circumstance of something that existed way before you. So it would be wise to, you know, not put yourself in the box because what is divine is is nonlinear. It's not in a box and it's ever expanding just like the Big Bang. It's still pushing the universe and growing the universe out, you know, a few light years every day. Indeed, indeed. Um, My call dropped earlier, but I want to say thank you for answering the question. Um, It was basically about Avatar with Jake Scully. Um, and that question about the spirit being not on this plane, but actually being in the outer planes, and we being humans having a spirit, humans having a spiritual experience. No, we're spirits having a human experience. I'm sorry. That's right. But you did answer that. But I definitely want to go to these callers. I don't want to have the family on um, in the call queue holding on too long. We have about 20 minutes left for the uh, live stream. I would encourage the family that's listening to the uh, broadcast to call in now um, so when the when the live stream cuts off, you're not cut off from the show. And the number is 347-637-2135. And I'll repeat that again. That's 347-637-2135. And I'm going to go to our first caller for the night. And that caller is calling in from a six, I mean a seven six nine number. Caller from the seven six nine. Welcome to Know the Ledge Radio. Peace. Hello? Yes. Greetings. Peace. Peace hotels. How y'all doing today? Doing good. How you feeling, brother? Uh, just you got a brother here, Carl from Jackson, Mississippi. Nice, Mississippi. Yes. Uh, man, you know, just a, it, it's a brother here. This, you know, just man, you know, 
really, really, man, looking for some guidance. Let me just tell you just, you know, I don't mean to take up the whole show, but what I've been going through this year has been, like, totally, I could say, like, from 2008 to 2012, I went through a teetotal transformation, man, you know, studying all the time, heavy meditation, went to beautiful places in meditation. I'm talking about golden rams and everything like that. But, like, at the beginning of this year, 2013, it was like I came under heavy, heavy attack, man. You know, it was just like an overwhelming feeling like of everything that I learned them becoming full circle. And I will go as far as to say this, not trying to knock people down from the spirit, from the spiritual, uh, from the spiritual level, because that's on a high level. But kind of bring things down to earth and surface level, man. I, okay, I went through this experience where I had this uh, moment where I felt like everything was trying to come against me, and I felt like entities, and I felt like the world was just changing and stuff like that. And I had a moment where I had snapped out. And you know what I'm saying, and I went and I went to jail. Talking about something like Neo happened up in the Matrix and stuff like that, man. And and talking, about, I'm just gonna say it how it is, man. Not trying to be crazy or anything like that, right there. I, you know, what I'm saying when I was um, going through that moment, I was, um, you know, um, I had got into it with the police and I had ended up cutting myself. You know what I'm saying? And and the police at that time they came to me, man. I was laying down on the ground, the ambulance and stuff. They came to me and they, and they put some in my arm and you know put some on my arm to stop the bleeding. And at the same time they wrapped this, um, you know, Brother the blood pressure around my arm. Brother and, man, can I ask you a question? How can uh-huh. how can we help you, brother? I, I'm just I'm just trying I'm trying to figure I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out what is like I'm trying to figure out what is like going on with with myself personally. I don't know if it's a, a individual an individual thing, but me myself, you know what I'm saying. I feel like. I have been poisoned, man, you know what I'm saying, because for somebody to be so much high on a good level and be peaceful and totally my brain and everything in my cells just feel like it's been under attack everything ever since this thing has happened to me, bro. And I tell anybody, I tell my family members and everything like that when okay. I was dying. Brother man, jail, brother man, brother man. Uh-huh. Okay, why don't we do this? I, I hear where you're coming from. I'm going to speak quickly, and I'm going to let Mammy speak quickly, but just take it in, okay? One of the things I would ask you to stop doing is stop reliving and recounting what has happened to you. Release it and let it go. One of the beautiful experiences that you've had when you experienced those golden rams and those things in your meditations, like Mammy said before, when you go in and your light gets lighter, Darkness is going to be attracted to you, and I'm not, I'm not seeing this as a deterrent for anyone that's listening, but it's important to have spiritual protection. It's important for you to ask the angels and your gods to protect you. When you open yourself up to go on these meditations, right, when you go inside of yourself and when you go into the divine, you have to close out with protective prayers, close up your being, close that portal and that gateway so that other darker beings don't chase you and cause aggregate energy in your world, okay? And then 
always ask um, for guidance. It has to be guided, Mm -hmm. and you have to persevere through your darkness. The darkness that's coming to you also might be energies that need to be transmuted so that you can go into a higher vibration. There's nobody on the planet that doesn't have a shadow Mm -hmm. self or residual um, ramifications from things that they've done in their parallel selves and aspects. So sometimes that comes, that coalesces uh-huh. into negative okay. circumstances in your mm-hmm. life that you have to deal with karmically, and but you have to have the grace and the understanding to deal with it and not let it drive you crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you want to speak yeah. to that real quick? Yes, and, and can I say something really quickly? Please. Uh-huh. Can I? Can I? Can I ask the caller his name? Your first name, um, my, name is, my name is Jamal Mallet. I, I'd like to just tell you um, quickly, and again, I'm not going to, you know, we don't have a lot of time, but I'm going to give you um, one thing that I would tell someone who who came to me in their in my practice with this story that you have. I would say I, I would ask, are, do you have a Christian background? What's your religious background? Yeah, I have a Christian background. Uh huh. Okay, so yes, are ma'am. you familiar? Are you familiar with the Lord's Prayer? Yes. Okay, so the Lord's Prayer is is a code. And if you memorize coded prayers, and they're in every religion has coded prayers. In the Christian faith, the Lord's Prayer is one example of a code. If you memorize that prayer, it becomes a protective layer in your aura. And And if you say that prayer often it builds up a protective layer. The other thing you can do to help protect yourself, if you've learned to meditate like it sounds like you have, you've spent a lot of time doing that, when you're done with your meditation, run a layer of, um, I call it I call it run a layer of invisibility around you. Run a layer of, of like, um, gray or brown in order to make you neutral make you invisible to the dark forces. Run that energy layer outside your aura, okay? So your brightness is inside, right? Your body and your aura is bright, filled with light, all these wonderful experiences you've had. But on the outside edge, neutralize it so that the darkness isn't going to be attracted to it. And that's a a really good exercise for protection. Those are two really short examples and explanations because we need to move on to the next caller. But try that, my friends. Try that. And I think that you'll find that you'll have really good, a really good outcome from just those two things. Okay. And then also I was just looking to um, connect with some people like from lines or anything like that, like for, you know, to uh, hook up with a healer and stuff like that because I really do understand that I am under the take because I have had dreams where I could see a dark being, like a darker side of myself that looked like myself when I'm dreaming, looking at me while I'm sleeping and stuff like that. Right? They just feel like teeth. You know what we can do, Brother Man? Why don't we do this? I'm going to give you my website, mm-hmm. and we want to get some other, give the callers an opportunity to oh, get yeah, it. So we're going to disconnect I, after this. But the website is thelightstickers.com, G-A-L-I-G-H-T-I-C-U-S.com. And I can consult you further for sure. And I can also refer you to theinnerrealm.com. Okay, so between the inner 
realm.com. Some of the first one. The first one. Okay, the first one is galacticus.com. Spell it for him, Gano. G A L I G H T. G A L I G H T. I G G H T. Uh huh. I C U S. I C I C U S. Right. We you you probably need to do some some um, resource work with a healer to try to discern whether there's entities or things that we can help you with removing to give you a boost. Um, so so follow that resource. Look look us up on our website. We'll see what we can do for you. Uh, I really do appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, I'll be good. God bless you. Okay. Good night, bro. Thank you, Carla. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me go ahead and open up Blue's phone. Uh, my call. My uh, co-host. Open three four seven. Yes. All right. Yeah, we got you. I'm here. Please continue. Continue with the callers, bro. Okay. All right, our next call is from the 321. Call it from the 321-961. Peace. Welcome to Notre Less Radio. Call it from the 321. Peace. Greetings. Peace. How you brothers doing? Doing good. Peace, well. you? Uh, I'm doing good, too, man. Yeah, I'm I'm down here in South Florida, man. I study psychology and um you know I you know, I'm always into science and the psychology and um I just wanted to run a few things, you know, 'cause based on science and even, you know, the comedic teachings when they talk about the transformations of light and I heard you saying that you went to the center of the sun. So to me it's my understanding that, you know, everything is just, you know, a transformation of light. You know, nothing more, nothing less. And, you know, we are, we as beings are, you know, smaller than a photon. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it came to, you know, one day I was meditating because when I was young, I used to I used to meditate without knowing I was meditating. I used to stare, like, at the wall, and I used to try to visualize, like, what is really in between me and the wall? And I kept doing it over and over, you know, for years and years, and then, you know, things would, you know, appear. And so, like... I'm just going to be honest with you, like maybe two months ago I was meditating and I was doing the same thing and it was like a little cartoonish like pygmy started dancing, like, you know, like invisibly. And so it, it made me think about the commissions, you know, and how they set up their whole society where they drew everything out and they wrote everything, wrote everything out. So it's basically like this reality is like a cartoon and basically you have, if you're more, you know, in tune with it, you write your own destiny out, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, they don't write things out. They don't draw things out. When you when you build these up in your own mind, it actually comes, you know, into fruition because, you know, Harvard put out a, um, a study like a few weeks ago and they were saying based on what you believe, that's what it really is. Even mm-hmm. if it's fake, like, you know, you can you look at placebos and things like this. And so another thing I wanted to talk about is too, like with language, they were saying if you don't have the idea or the word in your language, you won't be able to see an object. And they were doing these uh, these tests, you know, where they was introducing new words into people's psyches, 
and then they were, you know, that was allowing them to see things that, you know, was beyond their perception. So, you know, if y'all could just touch on that, you know, I just, I'm going to fall back. But I appreciate the information, though, and the brothers mm-hmm. putting together great Please, shows, too. Well, yes, and I, I just, well, I'm just going to say that I completely agree with everything the caller has just said. And what's fascinating is that, uh, again, as science has uncovered, um, unmapped the genome, and they've been able to look at DNA, they have learned that, when they observe it, it changes. It used to be when I went to school, um, we were taught that DNA is fixed, it's unchangeable, what you're born with is what you have. But now with the unmapping of the genome, they have learned that just by perceiving it, just by looking at it, you change it. So even a photon, what we used to think would be a fixed and solid object once we discovered it, um, is now... Um, known to not exist in one place or another. It, it exists where you perceive it, and then it changes, it moves. And so, yes, he, he's absolutely right. Language, writing, perception, all those things are how we create our destiny and how we create our, our present and our future. So it's we, we are absolutely here as creators, and that is a beautiful thing to understand and a beautiful thing to conceive. Once you conceive that, now you have the responsibility to create your destiny. So the question becomes, how do you do that? Where do you find the tools? And how do you move forward with the least amount of resistance? And that's exactly what we're talking about, and that's what we're teaching in the Divine World Seminar. That's right. Well said. I appreciate that. You know, good information. I, I, I keep into What's that website again? I'm going to check out your website. Because I know it's, one thing she did say that was like, that's really in tune with what what I'm doing. You know, I have my own thing that I'm, you know, I got in the works. But what she said about the air and the breath is so important because it's like people forget. Like everybody wants to be a vegetarian, but you forget that that plant that you breathing in that's your inspiration, that's your creativity, that's your that's all you need to take it to the next level with you know whatever that you have inside of you. That, that energy, and it just depends on how you're able to channel that light because, you know, that plant is taking in that light. And so you're breathing in that light. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, yeah. I found that very profound, you know, what she said about, you know, the, the breath in the air. Right. The, well, yeah, that's definitely, um, we're all on the same page for sure. And the website is galacticus.com, G A L I G H T. I C U S. And there's another website which is Mamie's. It's the inner realm dot com. And that's T H E I N N E R. You have to have the in there. If you go to inner realm, it's like perfume or something. I don't know. I'm going to check that out. Definitely appreciate that. I'm going to definitely link out to y'all. So take care. Peace. Peace to the brothers. All right now. Um, family, we got six minutes left for the live stream. Uh, the call-in number is 347-637-2135. We want to thank everybody who has contributed to the Know the Ledge fund, the Go um, the GoFundMe.com backslash Know the Ledge Media. I want to encourage those who have not contributed to um, find it you know, within themselves to go ahead and drop something. We have 75% uh, 
reached to our goal. We were seventy five percent three weeks ago. So that just gives you an idea of where we're at. So we just wanna give thanks to everybody that has contributed and um played their part. We just wanna say for everybody else, you know, it's seventy five percent, so we just need that push. Um we're gonna go ahead and go to our next caller, and that's a caller from the eight five six area code. Caller from the eight five six four four nine. Peace and welcome to Nota Ledge Radio. All right, we're gonna come back to that caller. We have another caller from the eight six zero six eight zero. Greetings, and welcome to Nova Ledge Radio. Good evening, fellas. Can you hear me good? Good evening. Well, one of my questions, and in regards to, um, I would say, um, dreams, I think you were mentioned earlier, am I right, sir? Partially in your discussion? Well, you're talking about dreams, you say? Yes. Okay, well, what, what what was your question about the dreams, sir? Like, do the dream state, does it at times manifest like a so-called story or reality that that we picture, picture ourselves in or is something that is forecome, a dream state? Because it could be many things. My question in regards when we get, I guess, elusive dreams, are they trying to tell us something? Okay. Um, well, one one of the things that um, dreams have many different um, different functions, and lucid dreams are uh, when you take your consciousness of this reality with you into the astral world. A lot of times, the things that are, you know, even Edgar Casey has said that nothing of major consequence happens in your life without it being foreshadowed in a dream. So a lot of times when you are dreaming, depending on the, the, the state, um, the theta state or REM sleep, the, the state that you are in, that your brain is in, that's what's going to um, relegate where you are. A lot of times um, things that are about to come into your reality, yes, they are shown to you in a dream, but you don't, for, you don't remember it when you wake up. Most people don't remember the dreams that they have because they don't have uh, – training of how to remember that. I actually teach my students to take their consciousness with them in their dream state. Um, But lucid dreaming is a great tool of being able to see into um, the higher worlds. And then also I would say that your ancestors are watching you dream, and sometimes they watch for you to have a certain energy so that they can give you certain messages of things to look out for and things to take advantage of in your coming future, whether it's in the next three days or the next two weeks. So it's important, and it behooves people to have a dream uh, a dream journal and learn how to document and chronicle your dreams and also learn how to interpret or to have someone interpret them for you. Um, you want to speak to that, Mamie? I, I agree, and I, I would add to that that uh, your dream body is a very real thing, and it's it's a bigger percentage of who we are than even our physical body. Remember earlier in the call we talked about how most of our physical body is empty space? That's because the physical, the the part that's condensed into matter here, is less of who we are than who we are 
in our astral or spiritual expressions of ourselves. So our dream body is a real part of us that exists in a different vibration that goes somewhere when our physical brain goes to sleep. Now, science has measured brain activity. You can put an EEG and and measure the electrical activity of the brain, and in, in sleep time, it's more active than in our awake time. So what does that mean? That means that it's a real place, it's a real thing. We go somewhere, and as you learn to be spiritual discernment and as you learn to evolve, like Gano said, you train your brain, you train your dream body to go into higher places or remember those higher places, that's part of your spiritual evolution. And you will get information in your dream time from your dream body that will help to evolve you spiritually. And each one of us, when we go to sleep at night, returns to source. We are required to return to source at least five or ten minutes every night in order to stay alive and keep our minds healthy, which is why, again, if you look into science, the studies that have been done on sleep deprivation, why people lose their minds and die. You can die from sleep deprivation. It's because you haven't had that return to source. So part of your spiritual evolution should absolutely include learning techniques to harness the things that you can learn in your dream state through your dream body, bring it into your consciousness, put it on your um, screen, your, your home page on your laptop, and be able to use that to evolve yourself spiritually. It's a very important concept, so that's a very good question. You got it, brother? I see, I see. Um, okay, I think that answers that part. Um, what else I'm trying to think of? Dreams. Well, do you have other calls you want to get to, brother? Okay, so okay. you could go to the website, if the websites, if you'd like to get more clarity on so many different things. There's a lot of information on both of them. Okay. okay. Yeah, okay. okay. There's the, the, the no ledge on poster on their page. So thank you. Okay. Have a good night. Mm-hmm. Thank you, caller. All right. We have about two more callers, and then that will be our show for the night. I want to thank everybody who joined us. Um, for the broadcast, this has been uh, another one of those monumental, epic shows that I'm going to have to rewind a few times to absorb everything that's been said tonight because it was so profound. Um, our next caller is uh, KTL Illuminary, caller from the 215-609. Peace. Oh, peace, peace. That's me, right? Hello? Dr. Manhattan, yes, sir. Greetings. Oh, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the air, fellas. Yes, thank you. you. It's a little, little strange not, you know, having that, that time on Tuesday and Friday, but, you know, I managed. <laughs> but I appreciate you guys um, just doing what you do. Um, peace, Gano. This is Mr. E from Philly. Mr. E, how are you, sir? Uh, all is well, all is well. Um it's actually strange because I didn't even push one. I, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but it's been a long week, and I kind of dozed off somewhere in the call for about 10 minutes, but the phone said, you're in host queue, and that's the world we have. So 
figured I might as well just get on and say something and just say thank you. You know, peace to everybody. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, on a show like this, yeah, on a show like this tonight where it's being explained that nothing happens happenstance, we all know that that was uh, that was done, you know, for higher purpose. You know what I'm saying? You know that the spirit press one for you. You know, absolutely. You know, <laughs> <laughs> definitely, you know what I mean. Definitely, uh, good to see you with the family. And uh, you know, I know you've, you know, what I'm saying, I'm sure that you got a lot out of this show tonight. And uh, oh yeah. Yeah, just add that You're on. In, the and you absorb it unconsciously, consciously, subconsciously. So it's still absorbed. And oftentimes, when we're on a spiritual journey, there's and just like we were talking with the last caller about dreams, you can go so deep into an energy in meditation time or in listening to a, a blog talk like this that you know you your conscious mind has to shut itself off in, in order to absorb it. So that's not that's actually a very common experience to go into a deep sleep while you're listening to something that's so profound for you. And so don't don't think that you, you didn't absorb it somehow and that it's not important for you. It's in there, it's registered and it's it's appropriate to be thankful. So I appreciate your expression of gratitude. Thank you. That's and, and I will, I will see you in, in attendance. You know, I'm gonna do everything in my power to make that happen. So I will, I will see you in September. Okay, looking forward to it, Mr. E. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So I'm not gonna hold up any more time. Okay. All right, peace, Lord. I see you on Tuesday. Yes, sir. Same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, our. Uh, Next caller is calling in from, it's looking like Atlanta, Atlantis. So we have a caller from the 404-438. Peace and welcome to Know the Ledge Radio. Greetings. Peace and divine greetings. This is Wisdom Say Lock on from Atlanta. I had a feeling that that. Peace. Peace. I um, wanted to ask the, the guests tonight if they do any of their um, teachings via, um, like, Skype or, or long-distance learning. Um, yes. Yes, I believe yes. we both do distance sessions, um, Skype sessions, phone sessions, whatever is comfortable for um, the seeker. Okay. Because we both have, obviously, I'm in Oregon, Gano's in New York, so we have our clientele that are local, but most, I have clients all over the world, and so in whatever method that we have available to us today to connect with people is how we connect with people. So it's all available. Okay, wonderful. Because I actually uh, went to someone to get my Akashic record read Mm -hmm. and um, I guess she was kind of new or just starting and some of the things she said resonated with me but I wasn't exactly sure if she was correct Mm -hmm. Um, you know and the things that um, she 
she was saying to me, so I wanted to to just have it done again. And, you know, and like you were saying, how you also teach people how to do it themselves. I really want mm-hmm. to get into that. So. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yes, well, you're more than welcome to connect with me. Send me an email. Um, remind me that you and I had this conversation on this talk show, and, and we'll go from there and decide what's best for you. Um, and, and, you know, each reader gives you a piece of information, you know, dependent on their ability to um, to to discern how to read the information. So, again, I don't ever think a reader reads you wrong. I think they may just sometimes not be able to give you the full picture. And so it's important to be able to continue to look for that full picture. If you feel like you got a piece of the picture and the rest of it seems a little unclear, then you probably just need more information that will be based on the, the information you've already received. The, the, the stuff that feels right to you is yours, always. And beyond that, if it feels a little uncomfortable, it's, a, it's, it's like in sales. If they say somebody tells you no, that really means they need more information in order to give you a yes. And that's how what spiritual discernment is about. If it feels good to you, then you know it's your information because it came out of your record and you recognize it on an unconscious level as yours. Whether it's good inform- whether it's something you wanted to hear or not hear, you recognize right. it as yours. And anything you feel a little bit unsure about usually means you just need to have that story fleshed out a little bit. You may need yeah. to have a different perspective on it. And so it's good to continue to seek someone who can give you that um, overview so that you can then say, oh, yes, okay, that's what that meant. Okay. Yeah, well, give thanks. Okay, I'll be contacting you. Oh, I look forward to that. Thank you. Have a good week. Have a great night. Thank you. You guys, too. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for calling. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Let's, I'm going to go back to... Uh, one of the previous calls and we're going to see if we have that caller ready for his or her question. So call it from the 856-449. Peace and welcome to Nova Ledge Radio. Okay. All right. I guess that person is in the uh, searching for their Akashic records right now. They may be in that. <laughs> They're in that unconscious state we talked about. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's okay. It, that's beautiful. Like you said with the, mm-hmm. with the um, uh, brother earlier, that just by him falling asleep, he was able to receive the information in a more prof- profound way, in my humble opinion. You know, That's right. So, uh, it, it got logged into his subconscious. That's right. Yeah, so I want to uh, say uh, for the callers, for the guests tonight, that um, I want to, first of all, give thanks for this monumental mm-hmm. presentation, you know, and um Due to time constraints, we could be here all night because I definitely have about 100 more questions to ask both of you. But um, 
for the information that you did share with us tonight. It was profound, and I know that you um, have assisted, you know, our listeners, our listening audience, and those who will come across the show in the near future in their journey, you know what I'm saying? And ultimately, you know, that's the mission, you know? So if both of you want to leave the family with some closing remarks, or just you know, I won't. I don't like. I don't even like saying closing remarks because it seems like this is the end of our journey, and we will. You know what I mean? And that's far from it. I'm sure that we will um, continue this conversation in the near future. But um, do you have anything that you want to share before we uh, press pause on this conversation? Uh, Manny, you wanna? Well, in closing, I would again say uh, thank you for allowing me to be a part of the call. Um, it's a great blessing for me to work with all of you at soul level. I don't ever take it for granted. A long time ago, my guides showed me that I would be 50% teacher, 50% student, and that has absolutely played out and is true for me. So I learn as much as I teach. And it's always a great blessing. So I have a lot of gratitude, and I want to thank you. And uh, we can all continue to work together, do additional calls, do sessions. Um, my website is com. Gano and I will be teaching in New York in September. We're very excited. That will be the first of many teachings we'll be working on together. So um, thank you, and I look forward to when we meet again. Absolutely. Um, and I would say, you know, I'm very grateful as well to uh, to KTL, Nova Lake Radio, for having me on, um, giving me a platform to express um, me and my sister, Amy. And um, I'm looking forward to uh, all of you guys coming. And you can go to galacticus.com and read the testimonies. Um, you can check out the product. There's quite a bit of free information as well as other interviews for your own edification and um, I look forward to meeting you and seeing you all. And um, have a great night and choose enlightenment. You cannot go wrong. And peace. Peace. Amen. Love, love and light. Peace. Ashe. Ashe. No doubt. And I do hope to be at the class. And when it commences, I, I, I'm scheduled to be back in New York at that time. I, I definitely Wonderful. look forward to it. We All look right. forward to having you. No doubt. And for the rest of the family, I just want to say we will be back on Tuesday. You know, the show does not stop. You know what I mean? We will uh, be back with some more profound information. So I want everybody to have a prosperous, um, adventure-filled, enlightening weekend. And we will see you on Tuesday. All right? With that being awesome. said, good night to all. Peace. Good night. And thank you. Good night. All right.